Kevin Hur on the radio at WGN. Hi Actually, there. tonight we are coming to you from the studios of WKGC-FM, high atop the Charles Hilton Center for Advanced Technology and Hospitality Management at Gulf Coast State College <laughs> in Panama City, Florida. This yes. is the last week we'll be doing this for a while. Next week we're back uh, in Chicago, mm-hmm. but we have to thank our uh, our friends at WKGC for allowing us to hang out here. And I will share a little behind-the-scenes thing. Those of you who are regular followers of our Facebook page, you have learned to expect some photos. (laughs) And boy, did I have photos for you tonight. And Facebook doesn't want to allow me to post those photos. And Facebook didn't want to allow me to post the photos. And uh, Julian, you were saying you had a problem earlier today, too? Yeah, something like that. I was doing a live broadcast and just idling there. And it would pop up this message. You don't have permission to do that. But we're, we weren't touching anything. <laughs> That's very weird. Well, a little later tonight, uh, Patrick Crispin will join us. And we'll throw that in the well, yep. the Patrick Crispin file. And what, see what was it a violation about. of community standards, maybe? Well, I don't Do think, think so. <laughs> I really no, what, what Johnny was trying to post is, uh, this is the last night for something called Public Eyesore, which is a wonderful, wonderful display that is uh, being posted along a lot of the buildings here at Gulf Coast State College. And we drove around, and Johnny took some pictures. Right, so I took pictures of the art that is projected on the side of the buildings here on campus. Gorgeous pictures, and I had uh, about a dozen pictures, so I thought, well, maybe it's too many. So I went back in, and I did a little picking and choosing, and I started all over again, and once again it said, nope, 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 you don't have permission to do this. So back away. So I just posted, if you see our Facebook page, you'll see I posted, this is a test. I just wanted to see if I could get anything going but on. Were people. you able to do and that? I was able to get that, but I can't take it down now. So it's just acting now very, that's odd. very wonky. No. So yeah. Th- so we should try to, uh, why don't you take a picture of Becca and see if you can post that. Okay, see if it just, I'll do that. See if it just doesn't want <laughs> yes. you to post pictures. Becca Stark is our engineer on this side tonight. Hello, me, hello. I get a picture of her. Yeah, that's a good one. Good. There she is in action, and I see what mm-hmm. I can do with that. Yeah, we um, we've got not one but three engineers to keep us out of trouble tonight because yes. I believe Brett is on the other side. Hey, Brett. Uh, hello. How are you guys? Hi. We're, we're doing good, good, Brett. Well, that's great. I'll be doing gooder if I can get my pictures up on Facebook. Well, and uh, a little later, uh, Bob will be joining us. Uh, Ron Brown in the newsroom. Hi, guys. Mm -hmm. Hi there. And uh, I will say, welcome home. (laughs) Are you wondering why we're saying welcome home? Ron, this oh, is for it was, you. was that to me? I was, yes. I was <laughs> very confused. Yes, I was. Well, I don't know. I missed something there. Uh, welcome well, home. Um, uh, no, I yeah. don't know why you're saying that. Um, I've, I've been told that that is what we're supposed to say to veterans. Oh, now. I yeah. well, thank you very much. I am yeah. a veteran, and I appreciate I, that. I kind of thought thank you for your service was was fine, but yeah, um, yeah, fine we've moved it. on to welcome home. I would, Fifty I would years know later, what, I would know what you have meant if you said thank you for your service. That's just <laughs> I so. But welcome home is nice too. I was overseas, so. <laughs> oh, I have a question for you. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with time that you spent in the military. Okay. You put up a post today, mm-hmm. and that post led me to a question I've often had, but I've had no one to ask. Okay. What in the world qualifies one cigar to be valued at 
almost forty bucks. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was a Cuban cigar, and I didn't pay almost forty bucks for right. it. So I got a I got a great deal on it because I don't think the person behind the counter knew what she was selling, and mm-hmm. she took a guess at a cigar price, and that you know a premium cigar goes for about eleven bucks, you know eleven, twelve, thirteen dollars. So I think she just didn't want to check the price and said oh, eleven dollars. But it was it goes for thirty seven fifty. It's a what? Cuban cigar, a Monte Cristo number two, and it's just smooth, very very smooth. It's uh you know like I don't know if you drink whiskey, but there are different uh, oh. you know, different levels of whiskey, and the smoother they are, the more expensive they are. Same thing with cigars, and this was worth it. It was certainly worth eleven dollars. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, didn't you say you wish you'd gone back and gotten a couple more? I do. Yeah. So not, I know the next time I'm going to go in there, they're going to go. Are you crazy? That's a <laughs> That's so a thirty-seven dollar really, cigar. By buying those two cigars, you had enough money left over to get a shot of a nice, smooth liquor to go along with them. Right? Had I wanted to, yes, I certainly <laughs> right. could have. Yes. Oh golly! And you had a big week. You saw a movie that I'm very curious about. You saw the holdover. I loved it. I loved it. You it's, did, yeah. Oh, it's the 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 character Paul Giamatti plays is going to be a classic in American cinema. He's just. Uh, a great actor, and it was such a great role. He's a curmudgeon of, of, of a teacher, but it's up there in one of the great uh, teacher uh, characters in all of uh, cinema history, I think. And it's uh, it's just a great, charming movie. It's funny. Uh, it's 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 sad. Uh, it, it's it's a classic. It's Alexander Payne, if you're familiar with uh, yeah. his work. So was it what you expected going into it, though? I thought it was going to be more of a comedy based on the yeah. trailer. Um, I did too until I read your review, and I went, oh. Okay. Yeah, but it was uh, it, it was a lot of heart. It had a lot of heart, a lot more wow. heart than comedy. So, well, uh, former WGN girlfriend Kathy O'Malley had one line to say about the movie. Since when does a thirty-three-year-old person uh, become a teenager? So apparently, there's somebody in the movie that is thirty-three years old and plays a high school student. Oh, well, if it's if, if it's the lead, he didn't look 33 to me, so he, he So he pulled well. it off. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, but uh in and I'd never seen him before. I can't even think of his name right now. But uh he was he was excellent and he didn't uh, he didn't seem to be uh too old for the role hmm. at all. But, but I think that was just Kathy being Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> Because that's happened before with, yeah. with uh, not only Kathy being Kathy, but uh, older people playing, playing younger teenagers. People. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite Paul Giamatti movie will always be the movie with Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow. I know it's not great cinema, duets. but duets. That's a great flick. I and I just love him in that movie, and of course I love them. And oh, well, have, have you, have have you ever that. seen duets? No, I'm, I'm not oh familiar with that. I mean, Sideways, yes, and yeah, uh, I like Barney's, that. Okay. Barney's version, he was excellent in that. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that in the movie duets, and it's it's all about uh, people people who do karaoke. Oh, okay. And Gwyneth Paltrow plays with Huey Lewis, Her, his daughter. And there is a scene where they do the uh, uh, the Smokey Robinson song "Cruisin'," mm-hmm. mm. and it's actually Gwyneth singing. In fact, uh, here's an audible, Julian. After we take a break, can we come back with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Huey Lewis doing "Cruisin'"? Coming up. <laughs> okay. And apparently, they were going to have somebody else overdub Gwyneth Paltrow's part, and she said, "Can I try?" And when she tried, everybody was blown away, and her voice is so good. Yeah. Oh, and also opposite uh, Giamatti is uh, uh, Andre 
Brower. Oh yeah, he's fabulous too. Yeah. You well, never see enough it, of him. It's a really good movie. Yeah, you're making well, me well, want to well, see this. Yeah. Uh, with that as a tease, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll hear what all that sounds like. So stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Love that song and love that version. That's Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow. And again, uh, they were going to have somebody else do Gwyneth's voice. And she said, ah, can I try that? And yeah. she nailed it. It is so good. And she wonders why we hate her. You know, she's gorgeous. <laughs> she's wealthy. She was married to Chris Martin. And she can sing, too. And didn't she just recently announce that she's going to... Uh, be stepping back from a lot of her uh, public stuff? Probably. But that doesn't mean she won't continue to roll in the money. So, well, no, I actually, I actually love her. I don't mean to be ugly about it because, as I said earlier, I think she's a great singer and should do more of that. You know, that would be the cool thing if she transitioned and yeah. and became really huge as a singer. We should mention uh, some of what we've got coming up later tonight. Uh, we mentioned Public Eyesore. And in a little bit, we're going to tell you all about Public Eyesore. And uh, also a little later, we will introduce you to two of our favorite people, Mike and Maggie McKinney. They have a, a duo called Lucky Mud. And we met them several years ago when they joined us in this studio. But we were doing a special Halloween broadcast right. for WKGC. Yeah. And they have so much talent. They're going to be joining us, and uh, you will you will meet some really cool people. Then a little later, we're going to talk with uh, Ron Romero, who is the founder of the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66. And we're going to talk about nominating the uh, 2024 Hall of Fame nominees. Now right. you can get involved in that. The inductees. And speaking of... The Illinois Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, one of the members is celebrating a birthday today. Who would that be? Mr. Jim Peterick. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, um, the what, eternally young? Yeah. <laughs> no longer purple-haired? I, I'd love to know that story, why he's not sport. Maybe he's not wearing the purple hair anymore because everybody else is doing the colored hair. So Could be. He's gone back to all natural, Jim Peterick. It looks great. It does. He Sounds great. He sure does. And I, I sent him a little message, and I said, just remember, in this new year, stay hydrated. Because he had that scary experience on yeah. stage, and it turned out that he was actually dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. So happy birthday, Jim Peter, right? You can uh, give us a call or text at 312-981-7200. As I said, this is our last night from Panama City. We'll be back at WGN next week. And uh, we've got some surprises planned for next week. I will say that Muriel Anderson will be joining us next week. Oh, that's right. Yes, because it's the week before Thanksgiving. Yep. And we're going to do a special feature next week on the crew's favorite holiday recipe. Mm-hmm. So I've asked everybody to be prepared to contribute a recipe. And it can be super simple. If it's a little bit more complex, we won't be going through the whole recipe on the air. We'll just talk about why it's special. And then I will be sure to have all of the specific information on those recipes. And I will post them the next day in case you're looking for mm-hmm. something new to try out for the holidays. And of course, that includes stuff and muffins. I'll have to do that. Yeah. 
So um, a listener just texted and said, I never even knew Gwyneth could sing. So surprise, surprise. A lot of people didn't. Should I do a quick round robin? Because we got so many sure. things coming up tonight. I want to say hi to Robin in Dyer, Indiana. Don is listening in Kalamazoo. I don't know. When I say Kalamazoo, I want to break into song, and I don't know why. <laughs> Jean, I got a gal in Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. All right. Thank you. Gene uh, Jacobson is listening to us in Milwaukee. And let me get my phone back in working order here. Uh, also, we've got um, Stacy in Algonquin. And I think it's going to be one of those technological nights where things can be challenging. Because I was reading the people who checked in this evening and it just went black on me um but i digress um peter jacobowitz is listening in citrus county florida on his sea crane wi-fi 3 radio also lloyd is in ottawa our buddy bobby danos and thank you bobby for your service uh he is listening on his his clock radio uh, jeffrey is in elkins west virginia Richard Vama is at the Blue Chip Casino tuned in. Judy B's in Oak Lawn. Um, Kenosha, boy, is well represented tonight. Sharon Malone is one of those people listening. And Michelle Major is in Norridge. And in Warren, Michigan, is John Couture. And Tracy Douglas is in Savannah, Georgia. Mary Gold is in Tinley Park. And as I said, Kenosha is well represented. Helen Thomas is up there. Mm -hmm. Stephen is listening to us in Chicago. Mark Orr is in Arlington Heights. Dorothy's in West Allis. David is in Winnemac, Indiana. Indiana, and he's listening on Odyssey. Nancy Hollins is in um, Illinois, somewhere. Susan Schemmel is in El- Glen Ellen. Uh, Debbie in Waukesha. Eric Baum is in Wells Beach, Maine. And Benjamin Bellew is in Cookville, Tennessee. So we're getting out there tonight. Yeah. Thank Cookville, you all. Cookville, Tennessee. Yeah. Where would that be? Um, our buddy Keith Bilbury is from Cookville, You're Tennessee. Right, I forgot that would about be that. in East yeah. Tennessee. I'm from West Tennessee, the flatlands. Mm-hmm. If you go over to East Tennessee, you find some beautiful mountains. Uh, also, Peter just checked in from uh, Sauk Village, and Jeffrey's in the Gold Coast or on the Gold Coast tuned in tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. So we're getting out to the Gold Coast. And we are, yes. Well, all right. Thankfully, somebody okay. tuned in from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 312-981-7200, uh, the text and talk lines and you can get to us uh, anytime you feel like it mm-hmm. and uh, yes we we see your texts and so many people are surprised uh, when the, sometimes i know this is hard to believe but someone will te- text something kind of nasty and they're surprised when Johnny responds and says, oh, really? And 90%, 99% of Does the time. Does your mom know you talk like that? They will respond to me with an apology, or suddenly their message will disappear. Yes. So there's no evidence that they were being um, uh, difficult. Uh, but, you know, we all have those nights. I, feel, I felt like one was coming on, but I'm feeling better. Uh, a listener suggested that I could take the pictures over to our blog and post them, and we could send people to and, the and blog. And we may do that. Yeah. Uh, or I'm going to bet that when we get back home that we could post them yes. at home. I think yes. this is a phone problem. Well, maybe so, but that wouldn't explain the fact that Julian had a similar situation earlier today. Okay, never mind. It could be some changes with Facebook, too. They make changes, and they never tell you what's no. going on. Yeah, they, they do that. Surely you just. No, I don't. Uh, by the way, uh, with our bumps throughout the program, yes, we do post a list of our bump music. And that will be on our uh, blog. Mm-hmm. And you should check out our blog. That would be steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. And uh, it'll take about a, a day or two, and then we'll have a, a link to all the 
songs we used as bumps, and also a link to the the podcast for tonight's show. Thank you for jumping in there because, you know, I I only talk for a living and Mm -hmm. suddenly I had no words. (laughs) I understood. For people who don't know, we should explain we are broadcasting tonight from uh, WKJC at uh, Gulf Coast State College. And this is a real special weekend because this is the 10th annual public eyesore. Joining us now to explain a little bit about that is a man that we introduced you to a few months ago. Yep. Um, Jason Hedden is with us in the studio. He has a trifold business card because not only <laughs> is he an educator here at the college, but he's a producer, he's an actor, he's a comedian. And today he's wearing fluorescent uh, clothing so that he can be seen because you're volunteering and working your butt off for this art show, The Public Eyesore. Congratulations. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a labor of love, and uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's the largest um, outdoor projection art festival in the southeast. We, had, we have 200 artists this year. Most of them are regional, but we have uh, some international artists as well. Well, in fact, every continent yes, except is rep- except it's Antarctica. Antarctica. So yes. if you know anybody, if you're any of your listeners out there in Antarctica and yeah. you're an artist, we need you so that there's art from yeah. every for, continent. for next year for the eleventh yes. annual. Yes. That's pretty cool. Now, it wasn't always here at the college. At one point, it was downtown, but then it got bigger. It did, yeah. So for six years, it was downtown Panama City on Laverne Avenue, uh, based out of just behind Harrison. And then uh, the year of COVID, it was at the mall as a drive-through exhibit Mm -hmm. where you drove around. And then this is our third year here at Gulf Coast State College, and it's the perfect Venue. I'm, I'm I'm quoting JD and Margaret, uh, two of the sorganizers, <laughs> and uh, so public eye soar S O A R. Just right. just just to clarify, um, but uh, yeah, it's perfect. You know, the campus is 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 very walkable, uh, free and easily accessible parking, and most importantly, the buildings are these beautiful canvases right. ready to be projected on flat walls no Light mirror color. yes no windows and boy i and i did take some fabulous pictures as we drove around the campus tonight it, and some videos too and, yeah. and we will post them a little later and it's so cool to to walk or drive around and you see the buildings and these images and then the images are changing and along with some of the images you have some performers who are singing yeah so in the courtyard of the amelia center theater which houses our visual and performing arts division that's sort of the main stage so i think we've got one two three four five we've probably got three or four projectors uh on that building with multiple images at once and then right there in the center is you know the the performers and you know this was this is not a juried exhibit if you submit and your work is family friendly because it's 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 an outdoor uh it's you're in so there's nothing cooler than seeing a third grader who has just painted the class guinea pig next to a Mm -hmm. professional artist from belgium and they don't they don't plan what's going to be next to each other the screens are alphabetical order for the artist so these these beautiful you know, happenstances occur with these these images together, and that's one of my favorite things. And then you've got these live performers singing there. We're talking about kids. We're talking about professional musicians, and all on the same bill. It's 
it's it's the best thing ever and and talking about some of the kids one of my favorites are some of the shadow walls yeah where there's just light projected and kids can come up and they can do shadow puppets or whatever they want to do isn't that funny we have hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment and (laughs) and you know uh shadow puppets around the campfire there's you know it is 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 always the most popular you know well if chicago has something like this we don't know about it, and we need something like this display because it's really gorgeous, I, and it is family-friendly. I family think friendly. the closest that Chicago comes to this is the big display that is put on the merchandise mark. That's right. But that is... Uh, it's, stat- it's static. It's kind of a static display. I think it changes a little bit, yeah. but it's along the whole merchandise mark So you mark can stand buildings. on the river and yeah. look at the merchandise mark. Right. But, but this is a series of buildings... On the Gulf Coast College campus, and, and it's how just many so pieces of art are represented? Well, two hundred artists. They could submit up to fifteen images <gasps> each. Wow! And all of those artists are on at least two screens. <gasps> so, so uh, JD John Daniel uh, basically created four hundred little mini videos of these, you know. Um, you know, image of the slideshow of That's each individual artist. Oh, yeah. And then that. there's the dial. There's the uh, on-demand, we call it. Okay. So let's say, so each of the screens are, are, are separated by uh, last name of the artist. Or you can go straight to the on-demand screen where you just give them your name, and they'll dial up and, and, and show wow. you show you your work. You know, because some of the screens, you may have to wait 10 minutes before your work comes up just right. because of the sheer volume. But uh, but Do you yeah, know how long it great. took to actually get this whole project together? Oh my gosh! Well, uh, I bet you all year as the art is coming in. They open submit I think August, and then they I think it's two months that, okay. that is the window to submit, and then they give themselves a month to get it ready for the show. So so Margaret Webster and uh, JD John Daniel they they've been working hard for a month. Mm-hmm. Easily before we ever stepped on campus. So, for listeners who are artists, yeah. and we know for a fact that we have a dozen different states tuned in right. tonight because they've At checked least. in to tell us where they're listening. Uh, for artists, would they then go to the public eyesore s o a r site to yes. find out how yes. they would submit their art? Exactly, public dot net. And again, awesome. it's s o a r, and you'll see the prospectus for for next year's festival. They're, and they're, I, am I wrong, or did I uh, see some place where actually you can start? submitting now or applying to to be that, part of it now that's a good question i'm not sure i, ha- I haven't been on the website in in a, in a week or so um but one, one of the other things that's it's a huge hit this year and we brought it back you know being being veterans day and, and it was last year as well we have the veterans honor wall mm-hmm. so members of the community could submit photos of the veterans in mm-hmm. their life oh, that's and great. we have it set up on two different screens and one of them is in what we call party alley and i was a little skeptical when this was the location they chose last year because there's all these interactive kids things around but you know what they got this beautiful oak tree and this beautiful brick wall and it's actually the perfect fit um, a local artist last night uh, commented how beautiful it was to see her dad's photo up there oh. with the kids playing and the the music in the background so I was skeptical at first it actually has turned out to be the perfect location people will just camp out there for a while now, so cool. I should mention even though we ran into some technical problems and we haven't been able to post the pictures that Johnny took uh, so far on our Facebook page if you're listening to us in Chicago or wherever just go to Facebook and do a search for Public Eye 
SOAR, S-O-A-R, and you will find some of the pictures uh, from tonight, some videos, too. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple public eye store pages on Facebook, so uh, just to uh, check it out. And, and again, uh, if you're listening in Antarctica and you're an artist, yeah, right. we need your art for next yeah. year, so it's, all it's, continents will it's be It's the only way we can get bigger and better. That's, that, that's <laughs> that's it. Right. We've done everything else. That's a good point. This is the only way to do it. We're talking with our friend Jason Hedden uh, about the public eyesore, but also we wanted to touch on... Something else that uh, we just found out about this week. We've been talking about Veterans Day, and Gulf Coast State College has been recognized as one of the best colleges for veterans by the Military Times. How cool was that? Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool, for sure, for sure. S- such a strong military community. You know, we have a, a, a Navy base on the on the west end and uh, Air Force Base on the east end, and, of, right. course, and of course, Hurricane Michael. Uh, uh, came through Mexico Beach was 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 ground zero of course but but Tyndall Air Force Base was decimated mm-hmm. uh, a, as well but fortunately the base is being rebuilt as uh, it's going to be the biggest baddest Air Force Base in the country. There, there was uh, a fascinating story that we saw on uh, the, one of the local news stations where, in a nutshell, this is going to become the world class right. Air Force Base. Absolutely, uh, literally uh, in the world, uh, this is going to be the best. Absolutely. So, so uh, not just because of that, but you know, it's 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 part of our mission uh, to serve the local community. And the reality is that our uh, military community is a huge part uh, of this area. You know, both my both my uh, mom and two of my sisters actually went through Gulf Coast on my dad's VA benefits. Oh. So uh, it's uh, you know, I'm a I'm a military brat, and so it is. Uh, I'm honored to work at Gulf Coast and know that we've received that designation. In fact, we've got a brand new military and veterans resource center uh, that just that just just opened, and uh, it's gorgeous, gorgeous mm. inside. We've got computer labs in there. This is a place where um, uh, dependents and or, and or uh, veterans can you know can hang out, have a little oasis. Uh, from from the rest of campus and uh, what is military times looking at though when they are determining what college really sure. serves the needs of a sure. vet? Sure, yeah, well, because you know, there, there are a lot of colleges that, that that try to reach out to the vets, but but sure. you really go above and beyond. Yeah, well, no, thank you. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a there's a whole rubric, and uh, Steve Oslaben, who's our uh, military and veteran coordinator, you know, he submits uh, this application uh, every year. And so, you know, there's different different boxes and things that we check. Part of it depends on, uh, you know, the kinds of opportunities we're, we're offering to veterans and their families. Um, we've got the Thanks a Million campaign. This is through our Gulf Coast State College Foundation. So this is extra financial resources to sometimes fill the gap um, for, for student veterans with those VA benefits oh, and yeah. things like that. Um, you know, we've got an education center on Tyndall Air Force Base. So we have a full-time employee out there who's working directly with our active duty folks. That's Greta Preston. Mm-hmm. She's, she's fantastic. And uh, so, yeah, we've, we've got lots of opportunities uh, for students. You know, all they're advising. We let the veteran students enroll before everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, we open up registration. A couple days beforehand. In fact, we just we just started registration for spring semester, and all the veterans uh, and their dependents could register on Friday, and then everybody else on Monday. Oh, that's cool. You know, and yeah. not saying that's one of the the, the criteria, yeah. but that's just one of the yeah. the, the tangible you're ways where we see it. Yeah, the, you recognize uh, their needs, exactly. and uh, it may seem small, but in the big picture, it's not so small. 
That's very cool. Military Times, um, apparently, as I understand it, they do their research and they they look at all of these colleges and universities. So it's pretty impressive when you get right up there at the top of the list as being one of the best when it comes to treating our vets. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. we we're 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 very proud of that designation and. Um Thank you. Uh, if a listener happens to be a vet and they want more information, would they go on the Gulf Coast State College website? Was Absolutely. It the best place to go? Yeah, sure. Just go to the website and the search bar. You can just put uh, Veteran Services, and it'll, it'll take you right to the page. The good news is we offer a lot of online classes as well. So, yeah. you know, we, can, we have, we have uh, veteran students and active duty students from all over the world, literally. Okay, I'm going to ask you, <laughs> because we said, this is forcing you to sit down for 20 minutes because yeah, you've yeah. had a crazy schedule. We saw you on the morning news. The sun wasn't even up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you've been working your backside off. Uh, but in the final few minutes we have with you, sure. put on your comedian's hat. Since we last <laughs> talked, this has exploded. Yeah. You're, you are a comedian, but bringing comedy to this area is huge. Yeah. You've done a great job. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. You know, it's funny. I was, I was here uh, yesterday for the first night of Public Eyesore. But producing a sold-out show at a new venue at Pier Park on the beach. So shout out to to, to my team, Brittany Surrey and Cameron Smiths running the show tonight. So we've got, we've got a great group of people, uh, you know, around us, and the community is just rallying around it. You know, somebody asked me the other day, why do they think uh, com- comedy's blowing up here? And, and I'm not sure the answer, but there's a lot of heaviness in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, if we can bring a little bit of levity, um, I've been known to say that uh, comedy is the vehicle. But community is the goal. You know, we've been doing a lot of fundraisers this mm-hmm. year. We've got another one coming up on December 1st where we're going to support um, uh, some first responders mm-hmm. and uh, mental health for first responders. So, so we're honored to be able to do that sort of thing and uh, just get people to come out and laugh, partner with local venues, and uh, it's a win-win for everybody. And if you're a comedian and you want to get out of the cold Midwest and you want to come south to Panama City, get in touch with Jason Hedden, H-E-D-D-E-N. Yes. Just go to, to PanamaCityComedy.com. We'd, yeah. we'd love to have you. But in general, am I making too much of a leap, or would you agree that Hurricane Michael, in a weird way, jump-started a lot of the creative community here on the Gulf Coast. There was a need for entertainment, for people who live here helping each other get through what they had just experienced. And an outlet, a need for an outlet. Yeah, you know, I think, I think that's true. I mean, uh, from my point of view, we, we have always had a strong arts community. You know, we got some amazing musicians, you know, you're going to hear here in a little while, and, and they're just two of the, the wonderful uh, musicians we have in our in our community uh, in visual arts. I think what the hurricane did is it forced people to get a little more creative mm-hmm. because as the venues were taken away and some of them the big ones are still offline. We you know how we had to get flexible. The good thing about comedy is it can happen anywhere. It can mm-hmm. happen in the back room of a restaurant. Right. You know all we need is a mic and maybe a light, but it, it, <laughs> a mic and a stool. That's all you need. <laughs> And um, and so that that reason I, I think allows us to be a little more a little more portable, mm-hmm. and uh, so we we can take the laughs wherever people need. What was that goofy T-shirt you had on last time you were here? Oh, that's uh, oh I, I don't recall. Uh, oh what? my my mer- I, my merch shirt? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, it was for one of my for one of my jokes. It says uh, at at uh, at Walmart I'm a ten. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's, that's right. That's one of my punchlines, yes. I'm, I've got a picture of him in that shirt. Now, if I can post it on Facebook, I'll get that up there. Watch, that'll be the only thing that goes up on Facebook tonight. Jason, thank you so much for everything you do. Oh, and, I'm on, honored to be here with you. Thank oh, you for... thanks. I, and again, you can check him out online. He's a very busy man, and we forced him to take a break. And now he's going to go break down the public eyesore. I, I, if I was smart, I'd just stay in the studio and let everybody <laughs> yeah. else break down the gear. Hey, I've been busy talking about you on the it's radio. Get, it's going to get it's getting cold out there. I think I'd rather sit in the warm studio. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jason. My pleasure. Thanks. Steve King and Johnny Putnam, I'm WGN Radio. I wanted to let that play, but if I if I did, we'd <laughs> never get to introduce you to two of the most talented people uh, that, that we have been so fortunate to. Uh, to get to know a couple years ago when we were doing a Halloween broadcast right here for WKGC. Mm -hmm. And that's when we first encountered the talented duo, Mike and Maggie, known as Lucky Mud. Lucky Mud, the McKinneys. Hi, you guys. (laughs) Good to see you again. We are feeling lucky that we've got you in the studio with us tonight and we could introduce you to our audience. Um, We love your music. Just to, I, I love what you call your music, Swampy Tonk. Swampy Tonk and Folkabilly. Folkabilly. I love that. Folkabilly. <laughs> it kind of covers all the bases. Yeah. Maggie McKinney and Mike McKinney. Now, we got to start with a little bit about your background because uh, you've been together for a minute or two. Yeah. Well, we've been married for 51 years. So. <laughs> but who's yes. counting, right? Yeah. Well, but but, but let, let me go back before that. How did you two meet? Because you kind of—it was you're sort of coming from opposite corners when you first met. Am well, I correct? Yes. It, you know, it's funny you mentioned a while ago talking about Tyndall Air Force Base. I was stationed there from '67 through the end of '69, and in 1969, I met this 16-year-old girl who was leading the anti-war rallies on the marina. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it, my cousin was killed um, in Vietnam when I was 13 years old, and it colored my whole life, and I thought, you know, if you can't tell me why why we're there and why these guys are dying, bring them back until you do. Right. And we we met, and uh, we loved music and poetry. and. But this is Veterans Day. I've never known a veteran that loved war. Never. Yeah. So, so anyhow, so we're still, we're still together. We're still touring. And we did, we did not we did not get together when I was we were sixteen. sixteen. <laughs> so I, I wanted to go back to that point. There were a few years passed, and and then Mike, you found Maggie. You sought her out, right? Yeah. Well, we we were pals, and, and then when I got out of the service in '69, I hit the road for about three years, and I just wanted to come back and find her. So yeah. she was in New Orleans selling flowers on out of a flower cart. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, I had graduated hitchhiked from Panama City, Florida to Mexico and gone down into Mexico, came back through New Orleans and loved it and moved to New Orleans and selling flowers on the street corner. You you do realize that that your lives should be be a movie. Yeah. It really should. We thought about writing a book and it would be her story, his story, and then their story. Uh, you know what? Yeah. We've said the same thing, and that yep. would be our title, too, because it was like, oh, yeah, we're different enough. Yeah. And yep. Well, because, we, because even though we've been married 51 years, mm-hmm. we're two completely separate individuals. We just happen to really enjoy each other's company. 
So. You know, people say, what's the secret to 40 years? And they say, you better like each other. Oh, That's right. You know? I always say, marry your best friend. Amen. Sing it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. So you guys write songs together because that's really your passion is songwriting. It well, is. It's funny. In 51 years, we've written six songs together. Yeah. <laughs> She's written 100. I've written 100, but we've written six songs. But it comes from different places. Right, right. I'm going to suggest that we kind of short circuit for a second. We'll stop talking. Do you want to share a little of your music with our audience? Sure. We'll do the, one of the ones we did collaborate on. The very on. first song we ever wrote together. There's pride you see in the boxer's eyes Kneeling on the mat He knows that he's been beaten but he's not finished yet Cause quitting's worse than spitting blood And living with a hurt And every memory that he has Is of the rising from the dirt Sometimes pride is all you have But that can be enough Cause pride will push you to the edge And it will make you tough Money buys the best of things You will never know defeat And you can watch that boxer safe there in your front row Rich boys go to college and poor boys go to work Sweat and toil their lives away Never far above that dirt Rich men live in gated homes And they hide behind their wall But they will never know How sweet the pride That goes before the fall Pride goes before the fall, they say God will help the poor But ask for proof of either one And they'll be out the door Cause camels pass through needles' eyes The rich men on the world the Poor men work themselves to death Still believe in the Lord Rich boys go to college, poor boys go to work, sweat and twirl their lives away, never far above that dirt. Rich men live in gated homes, and they hide behind their walls, but they will never know how sweet the pride that goes. Before the fall Pride goes before the fall And God will surely help Rich men on the world The poor don't even own the dirt But quitting's worse than spitting blood And living with a hurt 
And every memory that you have is of the rising from the bird. Rich men live in gated homes, they hide behind their walls. But they will never know how sweet the pride goes before the fall. Lucky yes. Mud, and you need to check out their website, luckymudmusic.com. And that's just one D, Lucky Mud. That's right. <laughs> uh, Mike and Maggie, uh, husband and wife duo. I think when I think about your music, and I do love the terms swampy tonk, and I love you know, the whole, yeah, your folk. But I think Americana really fits with you folks, right? It does. And, you know, it's interesting because... Years and years ago, we started doing Americana um, uh, concert series around here, and we people would say to us, well, I don't really know what Americana is. Yeah. And I would say, for us, my description of it is lyric-based acoustic music. Mm-hmm. It can be based in any form of music, blues, a little blues, a little bit of whatever, but it's mostly about the stories, and it's mostly the lyrics. Right. And for us, that's kind of our description. But, you know, it got to the point where so many people were using it. So we're, like, trying to, you know, get our own little edge to it. So Folkabilly is pretty cool, too. It it is. And it kind of really does kind of explain. You know, we, we say we're lucky mud because we're very lucky. But our music is also mud music. It's just a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and it's all kind of mixed up together. We we always say you mix a little um, salt, salt water, and a little dirt, and you got lucky mud. You know? when, we, when we play out in Montana, we're playing to cowboys. It's the most amazing thing in the Literally, world. Literally, it's yeah. a cowboy yeah. festival. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. a cowboy yeah. music and poetry festival. But it, the music, the lyrics fit the, the, wherever we are. We should mention that you actually have a CD of popular western music <laughs> the cover is fantastic it the, looks the cover like, looks like something you would have seen out of a uh, out of a roy rogers movie yeah, right yeah. right and it says painted post defiance a sheriff uh you know that's some good stuff on the cover of this complete quick trigger stories 10 cents um yeah. and actually the name of it is mud on the saddle mud on the saddle <laughs> yes well it's a lot of yodeling that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah. yes. let me take you back to the name lucky mud because when i first met you and we didn't have a chance to talk about it that night when we were doing a halloween show right uh i thought of my favorite author one of my favorite authors kurt vonnegut yep that's where it came from. It comes from Lucky Mud. Kurt Vonnegut, I read everything he wrote while I was in the Cat's Cradle. military. All of it. Yeah, this is from Cat's Cradle. Right. But he said, in the beginning, God made mud, and some of the mud was Lucky Mud, and it got to get up and look around at all the other mud. So we've always felt like the luckiest of all mud. <laughs> and it really, had, honestly, it really fits with everything about our lives. We are the luckiest people in the world. We have a great life. We, we just couldn't, it couldn't have been any better and, and I know you know this, but you are beloved because I, I know, well, Mike, you went through a pretty scary health uh, period. Yeah. And the community was just, I mean, we proved that prayer works. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I had a triple bypass uh, open heart surgery about 16 months ago. Right. And we, 
we celebrated our 50th anniversary in the ICU at, Chain, <laughs> at Shan's Hospital mm-hmm. in Gainesville. And for our 50th, she got me a pacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that special? It's kind of the way I roll, you know. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me go back a little bit in your career because the, it, it took you a while to find Lucky Mud. And by that, I mean you spent some time up in Nashburg. Yes. Try to do that whole thing, but then, like a lot of people, you decided, you know, I don't want to write with committee. I don't want to to, to do an eight by ten glossy. I want to write and sing real. Mm-hmm. And yeah, tell and us we, a little bit about that. We we got to see, you know, I worked for uh, an entertainer of the year, you know, very high up. And can we mention him? Sure, Ronnie Millsap. Yeah, I worked for Ronnie mm-hmm. Millsap for I was personal secretary for he and his business manager, and we got to see the business end of it. And I have to say, it was very disheartening because it was in that whole transition period of, you know, um, Hank Senior and awesome. and you know all mm-hmm. of that. Go trying to go into the crossover end of it, and it was just it was. I don't know. It was just, it didn't it feel wasn't right. For us. It, it didn't, wasn't for It did, wasn't for us. I'm not saying it's not for other people. More power to you if it is. It just didn't feel good to us. And mm-hmm. we just said, you know, this is exactly what we don't want. And I think everyone who wants to should go to Nashville because you'll learn what you want. You'll, Nashville will teach you what you want. Yeah, or Interesting. don't want. <laughs> you know, we've heard that from other musicians. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think of Robbie Folk's. For example, went to Nashville and he said, they tried to change me and I just packed my Our, bag and ran. I'm assuming you two know Robbie Folks? We don't. Nope. I don't. You need to find uh, some Robbie Folks. Uh, Robbie is a dear friend of ours. Now, I'm going to really, really yes. edit this, ta- this song. After he spent some time <laughs> He spent some time <laughs> in Nashville and he wrote a song about Nashville. Yeah. The title was Bleep This Town. Yeah. We played it. We had one of our engineers go through, and half the song was bleep. bleep. <laughs> because it was cathartic for him to yeah, say how sure. frustrated right. he was Absolutely. to be told he needed to go to Nashville to be a singer, and only to find out that all they wanted to do was change him. And it works for some people, obviously. It, it does for some people, and if you're totally driven and that's, and that's all you care about, that's what you want, you'll probably make it. But the truth mm-hmm. is, there Bob- are... For every talented person we know who's really great that says everybody tells them to go to Nashville, there are 10,000 more of, of them <laughs> who are that good and better. Yeah. Bobby and, Bear had a song that said, Nashville is rough on the living, but she really speaks well of the dead. <laughs> Pretty much sums it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh golly. So, and I will say, you know, it was um, we were actually at RCA at the Golden Boot Awards when uh, Chet Atkins got up on stage and said, "I'm really sorry. I was just trying to make us about this whole transition thing, mm-hmm. this, you know, cr- crossover thing. I was just trying to make more money for all of us." So. Yeah. You know, yeah. So he um, he knew what he was he doing. Knew, he knew yeah. what he did. Maggie and, and I will tour, uh, like Ireland, or tour this country. And when we get back, if we broke even, we pop the champagne. Ooh. We broke even. 
<laughs> and you guys do go to Ireland. We do. And, and with your guitar strapped on your back, you go into pubs. But then again, you have gigs that you do while you're there. Right. We have. We went. Uh, we did for ten years. We have not been back in almost ten years now because we just got busy with doing concert series here, and we have a couple of animals. That we it was hard to leave and. But for 10 years, we went over, and we had a, a regular little circuit of clubs that we played, pubs that we played, and they they loved us. And, and you know, they just love real music. Yeah. They don't, they, it's, it, there's two kinds of music, good and bad music, and it's totally subjective. <laughs> but, but they loved all the stuff that we loved. They loved the stories. They loved the lyrics. They, they sing along with every word. They know just, every song John Prine ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. They know all the words to Dolly Parton's Code <laughs> of Many Colors. Hank Sr., mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, they just, Steve Earle, they love Steve Earle. You yeah. know, they just love people who write real, from honest, the from the heart lyrics. Right. And that's... That's well, what we love. That's what Lucky Mud is all about, too. And we're going to get them to sing a little bit more for us tonight, so stay with us. Meantime, you can check out their site at Lucky Mud, one day, luckymudmusic.com. they got a bunch of CDs out. Yes, you can get this music of West, the CD of Western music, and so much more. So stay with us here on WGN. That boy's got nothing. Steve King and Johnny Putman on WGN Radio. Lucky Mud in the studio with us. I love that song. Uh, he's got nothing. I have to ask you, what was the the incentive to write that? Was that from a story that you, no. you saw those people or what? We call, we call those songs bubblegum mud. We just have fun with the rhythms. <laughs> the rhythms are fun, so you just sort of make up words to go Here with. I was so moved by the message. I'm going, that's so powerful. Well, it's got a good message. It does. <laughs> because it says at the end, she says, he's got everything, you just can't see it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think, again, before we get carried yes. away, we should shut up. What would you like to do? Um, I wrote the song, uh, we spent a lot of time in Key West, and the tall ships are a lot of them are down there and I just think they're fabulous and watching them under full sail is just amazing so I wrote this song called Tall Ships and we wound up doing a tour uh, up to Nova Scotia because it was being played on the radio up there so so we got a chance to stand on Halifax Harbor and watch the tall ships nice. come into the harbor while her song was playing on the radio that was pretty <laughs> special try it Around the cape called Hatteras 
Fair winds are blowing, the sun is shining. Down on the decks of polished people, starlight is guiding them safely onward, all the way up to Nova Scotia. Crested waves crash over the bowsprit, rising and falling like breathing of air. All ships are sailing, their majesty calling all the way up to Nova Scotia. All the way. Mud. Thank you. Mike and Maggie. Thanks. Check out their website, luckymudmusic.com. And you guys are involved in so many things. Can you talk a little bit about the farm and some of the things yeah. you do there? Yeah, we, um, for a long time now, we, we were actually, uh, before Hurricane Michael, we were um, running concert, a concert series um, every Sunday. And then. Um, bringing in touring singer-songwriters from all over the country and really awesome uh, singer-songwriters and then um, the hurricane kind of tore apart parts of Roberts Hall and we had built a stage out at our house and we just I'm going to pause you there for people who aren't familiar with this area Roberts Hall Roberts Hall is a historic building beautiful historic building in Lynn Haven downtown Mm -hmm. Lynn Haven over 100 years old and Hank Williams Sr. had played there, right. and we, when they first opened the building, they they asked us if we would like to come and do music there, and we said, sure. <laughs> and so we were the first people to put together music in Roberts Hall, which is a beautiful place. But, there, but it was damaged, and um, so we started doing shows out at our farm, and, you know, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was great. And um, the we, Florida folk community, after Hurricane Michael, we started doing benefits out at our farm on that stage, and the Florida folk community gave over eleven thousand dollars worth of supplies wow. that we mm-hmm. were yeah. able to distribute around here because there were so many people without anything. Yeah. Sure. 
so we we just it was comfortable out there and so we just started doing all of our shows out at maggie's musical farm and our concert series is called americana cafe sundays and um it just sort of to me it, it encompassed everything that that i wanted people to know about what we were doing they were on sundays it's americana music and it's a sort of a cafe of a feeling where everybody just kind of gets together and now, do you record the performances there no. we don't we don't we um but we have done <laughs> okay during covid we went crazy uh, along with all the other things that we do <laughs> we actually started recording a radio show a 30-minute radio show of all of the people who've played on our various stages um at Maggie's Musical Farm at Roberts Hall, some people at the the um, the Emerald Coast Live radio show that we did with, in conjunction with WKGC, and uh, we took their CDs because we felt like we had sort of implied permission, mm-hmm. and we created these thirty-minute radio shows, and there are ninety of them wow. <laughs> archived uh-huh. on our website, which are free to to listen to, to download. It, they're just, I but was, they're all people. I was a DJ from mid '80s to the early '90s. You were at WPAP, PAP, right? yeah, and, and mm-hmm. uh, T94. Anyhow, we wanted to do it like radio that we remembered, which is pretty much. Intros, outros, and not right. a whole lot of talking, and just, right. and so it's it's been fun. Well, now speaking of uh, not a whole lot of talking, <laughs> uh, don't you have a rule that if you come to listen to music, you come to listen to music, and none of this yammering with the person sitting next to you or on your phone, God forbid? I, and she I, she enforces. It. I do, and I, you know, I'm I'm Maggie, but my my name is really Margaret. And they don't want to see Margaret come out. <laughs> I um, yeah, I you know I I really there's a respect thing that we always say if the the chairs are around a table and people are eating and talking so that's that's a bar that's fine. If the chairs are all pointed at the stage, shut up. Mm-hmm. It's about the music. If you're not there for the music. You're there for the very wrong reason. And we don't, you know, we do everything by donation. So we don't need your donation more than we need your respect. And Amen. everybody in the audience has gotten to the point where they I don't really have to say too much anymore. <laughs> Not that but they you don't won't. they don't want to see Margaret. They don't want to see Margaret. <laughs> We're talking with Lucky Mud. That's Maggie slash Margaret. Uh, and Mike McKinney. And uh, they hail from this neck of the woods in the panhandle. And you can check out their music at luckymudmusic.com and we'll be right back with them here on WGN. Write me a letter, stick it in the U.S.B. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. That's uh, Lucky Mud. Write me a letter. I love that song. Yeah, I wrote it for my mom. She was 97 when I wrote it for her. And she and her neighbors would sit with their walkers and wait for the mailman. And then when he would leave, they would race up to see if there were any letters in the mailbox. Oh, boy. That would inspire you to write her a letter all the time, just yeah. so she had a reason to go to the mailbox. Uh, the coolest part was that we were at, we were doing the concert series at Roberts Hall, and someone in our audience 
made up all these cards and put her address on it and gave them out to all of our audience members and they all wrote cards to her and sent them she had over 60 cards that were sent to her she was so thrilled she said said, i've been saving them i only do like two or three you know or so a day (laughs) great lucky mud with us in the studio tonight we're so lucky to have them here with us and before we uh, we wrap things up uh what haven't we? Uh, the blatant plug light just went on. <laughs> so, uh, your website is luckymudmusic.com. Yeah. Uh, what else should people know about you? For- Buy your CDs from that site, right? Sure, they can get them there or on CD Baby. Well, I don't think CD Baby is no, doing Kunikai. We, we do all of our manufacturing through Kunikai. They can get them there, but. Also, we have a Square Market account. You know, we're we're terrible about marketing. We just, <laughs> honestly, we just love to play music. We've and, just begun playing a local, a beautiful little local place here called the Thistle and Thorn. Yes. Yeah. And it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And we play there every other week on a Friday. But then on Thursdays, we bring in songwriters and we talk about where the songs came from and and the we tried to sort of do it after of the Irish pubs that we used to play in, mm-hmm. and it's it has a very pub like feel anyway. So we have like a little back corner. We call it the songwriter sessions mm-hmm. because in Ireland they have what they call trad sessions. So we thought it'd be really neat to incorporate that and and sort of get that same idea about sharing the music in kind mm-hmm. of the intimate back corner of the pub. So that's what it is. It's, and it's about the stories and the songs and the songs and the stories. So. That's excellent. Well, can we hear another story in a song? Sure. Um, this is a sing-along song. <laughs> you guys want to Don't look sing? at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy. This is, um, I wrote this song really about kind of my experience in Nashville Almost every other weekend, because it's it, we we were just it's landlocked and I wasn't used to that when we first got there. And so, almost every other weekend, I'd say we got to go home. I have to go smell the Gulf water. And so, I really wrote this about hanging on the things that that keep you hanging on, you know, that get you through hard times. So this is called holding on to the moon. I'm holding on to. Keep me hanging around Holding on to the moon Keep my feet on the ground I don't dance anymore Now that you're not around Holding on to the moon Cause I know the guys out there can sing along with us. The words are very simple. La da 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 da. La da 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 da. Come on, 
Lucky Mud Music is the website you should check out, and uh, Lucky Mud is also accessible on Facebook. And when we get that gig for you in Chicago, <laughs> you, you're going to go on record and say you'll take it? Absolutely. Oh, yes. All right. Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you so much for what you do, and thank you for having us here. It's oh. been a really, really big pleasure. Oh, oh it's such a treat for wonderful. us. And a little behind the scenes real quick, uh, Mike McKinney looks like he walked out of off the set of Yellowstone. <laughs> um, got the big hat, got the handlebar mustache. I find it fascinating that I hear him singing harmony, but I don't see his mouth move. That's freaking me out because that mustache. It's I'm the like, mustache. Whoa, that's a magic man. Stealth. It's stealth. It's, it's stealthy. Stealth You're harmony. very stealthy. You're wonderful, and thank you so much, both of you, for joining Thanks. us tonight. It's a pleasure. Before, before we wrap this up, next week we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the holidays and Thanksgiving. 
Thanksgiving traditions. What are you guys going to be doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, what do you have to eat? We we have a hobo Thanksgiving that we do. Um, we invite people to come to our place and just who, people who don't have anybody else around just to come and share community with us. And, Friendsgiving. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and you know there are actually there are quite a lot of us who don't really have family, you know, around. So it's just something we've been doing for a long we time. We have a big pavilion in front of our stage, and it's room for everybody to get yeah. up under there. Well, and I gosh. make I make a killer cornbread dress, and I'm just oh, saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my requirement too. I'm right there with you. There you <laughs> there's stuff in it, and there's dressing. Okay, you guys yep. united. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. Lucky mud. Thank you guys Thank so you. much. This has been a real treat, and. Promise us you'll do it again. Absolutely. Anytime. Just let us know. In Chicago or here. All right. Okay. Now they're on record. We've locked them down. (laughs) A lot more coming up, so stay with us. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Yeah, we love rock and roll. (laughs) And folk and country and a little bit of swampy tonk that you heard with our guest Lucky Mud. They were so much fun. They were, yes. But we're going to segue now to rock and roll and rock and roll in the state of Illinois. Because mm-hmm. we have, did you know that we have the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66? Mm-hmm. It was a dream, and now it's a reality. And the guy behind that joins us tonight. He's Ron Romero. He's the guy behind the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum, and it is on Route 66. How are you tonight, Ron? Doing very good here. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, I said uh, the the Rock Museum on Route 66 was a dream and now a reality. Do you ever pinch yourself? Because I remember when we talked with you in the early days and you had this big dream and now it's real. It's, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's been such a long road and there's, uh, I said something to somebody the other day that it looked really good on paper and real simple to put together on paper but when you uh, (laughs) start actually doing it it takes time it takes funding it takes a long time to you know pull items together for artifacts and uh, it's been a long time coming but uh, we're opening up slowly phase by phase floor by floor and Mm -hmm. I think they're going very well and when people go to Joliet, they won't be able to miss it. It is, as it says, on Route 66. And you cannot miss Gigantar, which is, the what, the world's largest guitar? Well, uh, it's the largest handmade sculpture of a guitar that is on a building, but it's on Route 66. I wish we could have the record for the world, but... Uh, Truth be told, it's a very large guitar, and when you go past the building, it is impossible to miss it. So and it was it, it was done twenty four feet tall. How many feet tall? Twenty four feet. Twenty four feet done by Shannon McDonald, a right. fabulous artist. And thanks to you, we got to meet Shannon and have her on the show a couple of times. And she awesome. just oh my gosh, she blows me away. And the pictures of her actually making this guitar are amazing because she looks like a little person because the guitar is so big and she actually did it and it was put on the back of a semi and it was brought to the museum and then put up there rick nielsen was there for that big ceremony right yes yeah in fact it was made in um new jersey and there was a local company from joliet a trucking company to travel all the way out to uh new jersey 
uh, and actually did it pro bono. They went out, uh, they wow. paid for their, their truck service and the driver, and they picked it up, and they came back. We had a couple of board members that met them out there, and then I met the board members in the truck in Springfield, Illinois, and um, <laughs> we took the truck back up from Springfield uh, to Joliet on Route 66, and it was great because we did all sorts of press, and we met all sorts of people, and uh, it was just a phenomenal trip. Now, the museum is on Cass, 9 West Cass Street in Joliet. Uh, I remember the last time you were on with us, we talked about how did it end up in Joliet. Well, you wanted it to be on Route 66, right, Ron? Yeah, I mean, that was part of it. Uh, You know, we could have gone to a couple of different places, but Joliet kind of made sense to us because it is um, on Route 66. We're actually on the corner of Route 66 and Lincoln Highway. And they've dubbed that corner that we're on as the uh, crossroads of mid-America. And um, downtown Joliet is going through uh, an incredible uh, renovation right now. Um, They've got a green space that they're working on uh, putting in right downtown across the street from the beautiful Rialto Theater. Um, If you've ever seen a show there, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's made by the same people that do the Chicago, that uh, created the Chicago Theater. Right. So it's very ornate and very uh, beautiful theater. Uh, in but fact, there's a I, lot of things, great restaurants downtown Joliet, and mm-hmm. a lot of new shops and things. So um, we're excited to be a part of that. I will never forget talking about the Rialto Square Theater, one of the most amazing shows that Johnny and I, actually we saw a, a couple very yeah. incredible shows. One was the Everly Brothers on their reunion tour. And it was oh, yeah. just an extraordinary concert. The other, uh, one of the other shows we saw there was a night I'll never forget. It was an evening with Cary Grant. Yes, huh? and he did, he did a Q and A with the audience, and just walked out they looking. They had some incredible um, oh. acts that come through. You wouldn't believe who Grace's. I mean, you're naming a couple now, but there's been a lot of uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> You know, the r- rumors are that the Marx Brothers played there back in the day because uh, oh, wow. it was yeah. all vaudeville stage as well. Um, but uh, and coincidentally, I met with somebody. There was another place in Joliet that had theater in the round, and I met with um, the daughter of the gentleman who owned it. And she came over. We were talking about local Joliet history, and she brought in pictures of Louis Armstrong playing uh, in a place called that was called uh, D'Amico's. And uh, it had pictures of Louis Armstrong and Julie London and, of course, your husband, Bobby Troop, who happened mm-hmm. to write uh, Get Your Kicks on Route 66. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Did. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of uh, Henny Youngmen played there. So our town, Juliet, is uh, pretty well known for the entertainment. Yeah, and you're making your mark now with a museum. We're talking with Ron Romero. He's the guy behind the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66. It's in Joliet, Illinois, for those of you listening to us around the country. And you can uh, make a trip out there. And you need to know about the museum itself and its Hall of Fame. Ron, it was back in September, right mid-September, when you held the third annual Hall of Fame induction award ceremony. That was an amazing night. Oh, you know what? This is the third one, and uh, everyone gets better and better. Um, it's just amazing to, to meet, uh, in some cases, uh, like we've had um, the family of Miles Davis or Nat King yeah. Cole or, uh, 
you know, uh, Sam Cook, their families were here and we got to meet with them. And, and uh, it's just such an honor to be with people like that. Now, I just heard Chuck Berry. Of course, mm-hmm. Chuck Berry recorded a chess record, so he has yep. a history here in Illinois. And uh, his son and daughter came up, and we got to hang out with them. And we're going to have an exhibit from uh, Chuck Berry here as well at the museum that we're working in now. Well, you have to let us know when that's going to happen. But, but we do want to segue a little bit to uh, the 2024 Hall of Fame inductees and how we can nominate people that we think should be a part of this ceremony now what are the qualifications well to start with you have to have been in existence for at least 20 years uh you have to have significant record sales you have to be significant tours uh, nationally and internationally um and you know uh, pretty well known in the in the music industry generally speaking um so the nominations it's a pretty long process uh it takes a little while to do it so to start with, we put it out to general nominations, and that goes out to everywhere in the world, anybody who wants to nominate. And uh, believe it or not, we get thousands and thousands of nominations, oh, I bet. Uh, literally from around the world. And uh, the nominations then go to a committee to find out the quantity, like the, the most nominations. It also goes through to make sure that the people who are being nominated um, are eligible. And then it finally goes to our charter members to vote on who should be inducted. Um, and I got to say, too, our charter members have been uh, tremendous support for the museum. Uh, I think the last time we talked, we may have had uh, five or six hundred uh, charter members, and we're now well over a thousand people oh, great. Uh, cool. from around the world. So that's been helpful, you know, and, and it's good to see that. But uh, yeah, the final phase then is uh, the charter members vote on who's going to be uh, inducted, and then we start the process of planning. Well, so, it, so if people want to, to get an idea of what we're talking about, uh, first of all, they should go to the website, which is roadtorock.org, and then on the website you will see where you can qu- click and learn more about the uh, the Hall of Fame, and uh, you, can, you can nominate some people. Ron, is there a requirement that you have some tie to the state of Illinois? Yes, you got to absolutely have some kind of tie to the state of Illinois, and it's either uh, that you were born here, that you recorded here, that your your uh, history um, or career was centered around Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's got to be some significant tie to the state of Illinois. Now, you have different categories, too, because I remember um, your last award ceremony recognized a fabulous local guy as songwriter, and that was John Prine. Yeah. So you have yes, different categories yeah. for you. You've got categories for bands and for the musicians and for radio stations and jocks like Bob Surratt was inducted mm-hmm. this last time, WGN's own Bob Surratt. Yes, absolutely. Bob Surratt is, uh, he was inducted this year. And by the way, Bob also sits on our, what we call our ambassador board, along with actors Joe Montagna and Jim Peter from Ides of March and Survivor, uh, Chuck Colbert from... Um, from the American breed and some other um, people from Illinois that helped support this. And uh, so Bob was uh, elected this year, and he was happened to be our host this year uh, as well, our MC. So we have a great <laughs> time when Bob comes down. 
got a lot of mileage out of the fact that he was scared to death, he said. And you know what? People find that fascinating. But even though Bob did television, it's a different world when you're used to sitting behind a microphone in a dimly lit room and standing in front of a whole bunch of people who might be there just to see you. That's a different that's a different situation, right? Yeah, that the Rialto holds about 2,000 people, so yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. a scary thing. And one of the, um, I guess, perks of being the guy who started this is there has to be an, uh, a band, a backup band for the artists mm-hmm. to come through. Mm-hmm. So I get a chance to play with some great people, and I've been oh. on that stage and looked out there. And it, it don't quite freeze, but it sure hits you. Uh, yeah. Reality hits you. Last year we got to play with three-fifths of uh, REO Speedwagon. Um, oh, very Kevin cool. Cronin and yeah. Dave Amato and mm-hmm. Neil Doherty of uh, REO came, and we got to actually play on the stage with those guys. See, now the truth be told, Ron's motivation is yeah. <laughs> he gets up close and Pretty personal much. with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right. your point is? <laughs> I don't blame it, you. It was just a way for me to meet my rock and roll heroes and to get a chance to play with them. So That's right. <laughs> that so, sounds sounds right to me. All of this hard work and all of these sleepless nights, that was his motivation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking oh, about this whole sleepless nights too, huh? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I'm th- thinking about the the nominations, and I don't know why, but one name keeps popping into my head. So I'm going to have to go to the website and uh, and nominate. I and I'm not at the website right now, so I don't believe the Dells have been inducted yet. Have they? They have not. Oh, I would love to see the Dells. I mean, you talk about a group with a history in Illinois, yeah. in the Chicago area, and nationwide hits, and uh, the the length of time that they were around, uh, and the impact that they left on the industry. Okay. Oh, boy. I agree with you. So we'll go to the website and we'll put in our nomination for the Dells. And again, the categories are band or solo, artist, radio station, DJ, record label, record company, songwriting, all of the information about what it takes to be eligible to be nominated. And uh, Ron, as you said, uh, this goes on until when? What's the cutoff date for the nominations? Uh, you know what? You cut me off guard. I think it's uh, December the end of the, this year. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right, um, right. So yeah, the end in December. And and you know, people always ask me, "Aren't you afraid you're going to run out of people to nominate?" And I'm no. like, you know what? No. It's funny because no. there are so many artists, songwriters, DJs, radio stations. Um, it's it just keeps growing. And again, like I said, you have to be in the business at least twenty years. So every year another person or another band is eligible. That's right. Uh, I just realized uh, we need to get you a copy of something that is somewhere in our archives. I think I've told you before that years ago, Johnny and I were part of uh, then-Mayor Harold Washington's committee to bring the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to the city of Chicago. That's before they decided they were going to go to Cleveland. And we were at various um, concerts, and we had people signing petitions, and we uh, we were working with Jerry Butler, the Iceman, and oh, sure. several other people on the committee. And we put together a list of some of the people from the Chicago area that deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we have that. So I, we had a list that I know was, was in hundreds. the hundreds. Yeah. Because sure, I would love the, to see that. The and credit, that actually, that's one of the reasons why we did that here is because uh, Cleveland, yeah. you know, it takes a long time to be inducted. So 
Cleveland hasn't recognized a lot of, uh, as we see it, a lot of the talent from Illinois that should be recognized. And that's one of the things we want to do. We want to recognize a lot of the bands that uh, haven't got their deserved recognition yet. Absolutely. So if folks want to come out to the museum, uh, what are your hours? And uh, give them an idea of, of, uh, since we last talked, what's the one thing that you're just giddy about that you've got at the museum these days? Okay, so to start with, uh, the museum is open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5 currently, and then uh, Saturday from 9 to noon. And that's, uh, you know, as I said, we're opening up in phases by, uh, the plan right now is by June of next year, we should have second floor completed, and we'll be adding on that floor. And then we have another floor beyond that we have to add on. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're working on that. And uh, there's (laughs) things I get giddy about. Everything that's in the museum, I'm giddy about. But... um, (laughs) Well, this year, my wife and I took a trip out to Ohio, and then we went to New Jersey, and we met with a couple of people that had uh, artifacts from the band's Cheap Trick and Sticks. Mm. And um, we came back with guitars and drums and clothing and songs, wow. um, handwritten lyrics. And uh, and it was funny, uh, last week I talked to Dennis DeYoung, and I said, hey, we've got um, these guitars, this drum set your keyboard. He goes, oh, I remember that keyboard. And we talked about it. He said he was going to stop in soon to take a look at it. But the drum set that we have is um, from John Pinozo, the original drummer from Sticks. We only have a couple of pieces, and the owner of this exhibit, or these artifacts, has been looking for the rest of that. And in talking to Dennis and his son, and his wife Susanna, uh, they, um, they know where the other half of the drum set is, so we're going to reach out to them and see if we can reunite the whole drum set Nice. Uh, and have that in there. So uh, just exciting to, to have those pieces in there and to be able to talk to the bands about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their memories of those instruments. <laughs> Again, the, the uh, website is org. And let me just say in closing that it's exciting to talk to somebody who had a dream and that dream is a reality. Yeah. And a very cool dream that's a reality. And I can't wait till we can get out to see the the museum and uh, to talk to you face-to-face. You've always been so wonderful about uh, joining us at Crazy Hours. And thank you, Ron. And thank you for doing what you're doing with the museum. Thank you. And thank you for having us. And please come and visit soon. And, um, you know, I'd love to have you guys come come down and take a look around and and enjoy what we're putting together here. We will do it. We absolutely will. Thank Thank you, you, Ron. Ron. Take Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Stay with us. More coming up on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. You're smiling. I'm smiling because, Julian, did you intentionally pick that song? Why, yes, I did. I mean, for any particular reason? Uh, There could be. (laughs) For anybody who doesn't know, the the name of the song is Night in Tunisia. Right, and and you knew all of the drum licks to it, which I'm like, oh, no, wait a minute. Not only that, I You're know the player. I know the chords, I know everything oh, okay. there is tonight in Tunisia because, and maybe maybe this is why Julian picked it. Back in my life as a, a godless rock and roll uh, <laughs> musician, uh, oh, that's right. There now this would have been in the late fifties, early sixties. Downbeat magazine did a midwestern jazz contest. And the group that I was with, uh, we won the contest. It was, we had uh, vibes, stand-up bass, drums, and I played guitar. 
And I think we won because we were the only group that actually played a, a jazz composition. <laughs> Everybody else did blues or, or rock. rock or something. And we wound up uh, performing on the public uh, television station, WTTW, back when it was headquartered in the Museum of Science and Industry. And then we also got to do a, a concert with Franz Jackson's All-Stars. And uh, it was just kind of cool. And you did Night in Tunisia. No, we did Night in so Tunisia. So that's why it is yeah. imprinted on your brain forever. And Julian, is that why you chose the song? Yeah. Or, <laughs> okay. I've done my research. All right. Okay. So, so who, whose version of that was it? So uh, the other reason why I picked that one is because uh, we were talking about uh, Peter Rick, how it's his birthday. It's also the birthday mm-hmm. of one James Morrison from Australia, and that was the Morrison Brothers Big Bad Band, Oh, of which he is the leader. I'm not familiar with the Morrison Brothers Big Bad Band. Maybe uh, Tommy knows him. Yeah, you're right, from Australia, sure. Speaking of Tommy, in Australia, by the way, uh, Julian has done some fabulous videos of Tommy Emanuel's performances in our studio, and frankly, we've been saving them. (laughs) We have uh, three more videos of Tommy that uh, are going to make their their presence known probably this coming week. Honestly, since we've been down here in Florida, we've been busy. (laughs) We have it, and... We may or may not share all the tales of, of busyness. Oh, oh, let me just say that if you live in the Chicago area, it's quite possible that you've never dealt with a septic tank. Yep. I never thought I would have to deal with a septic yep. tank. What a freaking nightmare. You've got this, this concrete box that's in your backyard. It's like a big... Uh, Crazy. Okay. Oh. You, you have opened the Pandora's box, oh, so we're going to explain gosh. it. What a nightmare. So, my dad originally bought this house back in roughly 1971. It was built in 61. When my dad passed away, we kept the house. So, in all the time that we have been coming down here, I think there has been one time. When we had a septic tank problem, mm-hmm. and that had to do with a tree that had... Uh, That's how we found out we had a septic tank. Yeah. Because we never thought to talk about the the plumbing with your dad yeah. when he was alive. So I thought, well, it's like magic. It's like it is in Chicago. You flush the toilet and it goes away. So it was about 20 <laughs> years ago that we had this problem. Yes. And we had some people out, and they said, oh, well, it's a, it's a tree, and the roots got in, and they blah, 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 blah. So... They said, well, we fixed it. Okay, so 20 years later, right. we're having some uh, some problems. Like our shower was gurgling, and it's like the house was possessed. If you walked by the kitchen sink, it would go... And then when you'd flush the toilet... And that's toilet, exactly the sound it would make. When you flush the toilet, you'd stand there and pray, because you would think, that doesn't sound quite right. And so then, we had a, a, uh, a plumber out, yeah, and the plumber... Actually, two, yes, two people two from this company... Yes. They came out and they said, oh, well, we checked, and uh, uh, sounds like uh, your septic tank is full. Now, this uh, concrete box, for those of you who are not familiar with septic tanks, ours is apparently seven feet deep. Yeah. Seven feet deep. And I guess he said it was eight feet long and seven feet deep. I mean, it's a 
big concrete box that's in our backyard buried. You don't know it's there. But the best grass in the backyard is the grass over the septic tank. Yes. By the way, uh, as Spike O'Dell used to say, you don't get this kind of radio (laughs) up and down the dial. This is a WGN radio exclusive conversation about a septic tank. So the boys come in the house and they say to us, well, got some bad news. We said, oh, no, what? They said, well, your septic tank is full. And I went, it's impossible. We're two people. We're here like for the past five years, maybe six months all total in five years. Two people. No one else. If it's as big as it's, it was the last time somebody was out here, that's not. Oh, yes, ma'am. We, we yep. put a device down there and all we could hear yep. was running water. Oh, my. Oh, that's not good. It was four o'clock in the afternoon, which meant. We would have no bathroom facilities if we didn't get someone out to, quote, pump the septic tank. So we made some phone calls. I believe we made between four and six phone calls. And this was, what day was this? This was Thursday. Thursday. And we were being told... Well, yeah, we next can get Wednesday. out there about next Tuesday or something yeah, like well, that, maybe. Well, our, ooh, I called Mr. Poop. The man actually picks <laughs> yes. up the phone and says... There is a company Mr. called Mr. Poop. Mr. Poop, can I help you? And, of course, I busted out laughing. He says, lady, you're not the first. <laughs> Which got me... I stopped cold right then and there. I told him what my needs were, and he said, I'm sorry. I'm up to my neck, and you know what? And I said, okay. At least you got a good sense of humor about it. Yep. So Mr. Poop was a no-go. Everybody else was rather mundane, but by this time... Well, actually, didn't Mr. Poop say he didn't um, uh, handle... What was the term he used for septic tank? (laughs) Uh, He didn't do... Something like regular septic tanks. So what, do you only do irregular septic tanks? What are we talking here? This is a total learning experience for us. I mean, we I would hang up the phone and I'd look at Steve like, what, what are we doing here? And I, I called Tom Hoots. And I said, Tom, help. What are we doing? Tom gave us a name of somebody. We called that person. They said, well, okay, we can maybe get there well, when uh, I called the neighbors tomorrow. And, and the neighbors said things like... Oh, you mean you haven't had it pumped out? I said, what do you mean? They said, you're supposed to do that every three years. What? No, I don't have a handbook for my septic tank. I'm sorry. So now I'm Googling it. And now it's getting dark. You know, with the time change, it's getting dark. And I'm thinking nobody's going to come here. And we only have so many coffee cans. I mean, this is going to be a long night, right? I finally find a company that say they're in our town of Panama City Beach. Well, they say they serve Th- this is true. our town. And in fact, they were in Pensacola, which mm-hmm. is a good two hours away. Yep. And they said, but we will come to your house. Yeah. Don't you worry. And the driver will call you a half hour before he is going to arrive. Well, the driver was wonderful. Joseph called us three or four times. He called us from the gas station at Mossy Head, Florida. He was in Mossy Head, and he says, I'm just checking in with you to tell you I'm on my way. Okay, thank you, Joseph. He got there, and with a miner's cap on, he got in our backyard. In fact, we will post pictures whenever we can get Facebook to let us post things. We took a whole series of pictures because we stayed in the backyard with him in the inky dark with his miner's cap on. He dug and he was a really cool guy. He was a very cool guy, but he did not look like the kind of guy that should be shoveling dirt at 8 o'clock at night. And he'd started at 4.30 in the morning. 
he was tired and he drove this big old tanker truck from Pensacola, right? And it's parked outside our house and the engine is running and he's ready to stick the hose down there and empty our, our full septic tank. And so he digs it up and he lifts up this ginormous, it must have been at least a foot the, thick, the top of concrete the, the septic top. tank. He has to put a contraption under there to lift it. And when he does, he says, it's empty. And he showed us. It was empty. He jumped down inside of it. It was empty. He yes, he jumped in down inside of the septic tank. And he was peeking over uh, on his tiptoes. He's peeking over the edge of it. And he goes, But it's then empty he looks to here. the side and he sees the problem. In fact, a tree root had blocked up the, the piping pipe. that goes back to the house. So, again, going back to what I said to the boys that were out earlier... We've probably been here for six months out of the past five years, all total. It's just the two of us. <clears throat> and I said a couple of other things, but I won't go into those on the radio. Anyway, Joseph said, well, I think you've been misled. And he proceeds then to break the, actually had to get out of the tank yeah. to break away the roots because then the, the dam broke. <laughs> but, but then it turns out that the septic tank is is not a certifiable right. septic tank I was, anymore. I was certifiable yeah, we by were that certifiable time. I was like point. out of my mind because I'm standing there in the backyard with a man with a miner's cap on as I'm watching poop shoot out of the house. It's apparently built up there for a long time. And any time his cell phone would ring. We would hear Hank Williams Jr. Because his nickname is Josephus. Josephus. Not Bocephus. So we have this whole comedy routine going on. <laughs> Plus you have to pay for after hours yeah. travel. And it was two hours in each direction. And we were willing to. Because, I mean, yeah. Jo- Josephus. Josephus. He couldn't have been nicer. I mean, no. such a, a really good guy. But that was something I never, ever, ever thought I would experience. and uh, Or talk about on the radio. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> There's, <laughs> oh my gosh! In, in that radio handbook, it probably says don't talk about septic tanks because that means you're talking about poop. But I got to tell you, Mister Poop, he's got a good routine yeah. going. <laughs> a listener says uh, from a six three zero area code, my grandparents had a large septic tank. I guess they're all large. And, and again, let me. Take I don't you think you would want a small septic tank. <laughs> Can I take you back? To the the whole idea that it's full, oh my, oh that's yeah. My a, mind doesn't want to go there. That's a frightening thought. No, 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 no. Oh, and I was just reminded of um, Joseph, um, the uh, septic dudes. Uh, part of his stand-up routine was every line you've ever heard about. Yeah. Your job is, mm, and all you do is is shovel mm, all day long and. Joseph could do his own show. He Absolutely. was just a wonderful... You talk yeah. about a guy with a hard job. Yes. Oh, gosh, I mean, yes. He, he had the best attitude. Yeah. Here he had been working since about four that morning, mm-hmm. and he's with us he drove, late at night. Yeah, drove two hours each way to be at our house. And after he left us, uh, which I think was, what, around 10 o'clock it or was, so? It was, yeah. He had another at least two hours to drive, drive back, back to drop off the truck and then to drive home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 630 area code said my grandparents had a large septic tank. I learned the hard way that it was not a good place to play or walk. Now, we've never had a problem no. playing or walking in our yard. All we've ever noticed is wonderful grass in the that, grass is that always, area. It's always greener there. 
<laughs> it's like a perfect square. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, well... Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking uh, uh, computers and... Uh, and trying to figure out why we can't post anything on our Facebook page. And for those of you who have sent me texts and said, where are the pictures of your trip in tonight? We had some awesome pictures because... And they will make their way yeah. up there at some point. But for some reason, our phones won't allow us to access our Facebook page. Yes, it's very infuriating. And that's a classic case of something that you take for granted. You know, it's always there, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden when it's taken away, I'm like, ah, I had a little mini tantrum here because I had all these good pictures. Because this Is just, that what was going on? <laughs> yes. That, that's... <laughs> That's my game face. I have to, you know, I work on that. Uh, we started out the show talking about this amazing art display that was here at the college. The public Eyesore, public which eyesore. you can go to Facebook and and just look up Public Eyesore, and you will see some of the displays. S-O-A-R. Right. Uh, which reminded me of the... Uh, the young woman who was doing the news the other day, and she called it the sore eye. <laughs> yeah, the, public sore eye. <laughs> yep. And, and, I, and you may know what radio, what TV station that was. Uh, uh, Beck is in uh, here with us. Um, yes, yeah. that was um, WMBB News oh. mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in the studio when that happened. Apparently, yeah. whoever wrote the script because you are your producer when you're not at the college, uh, right? No, I'm stu- I'm a Production assistant. A production assistant. So, yeah, I okay. was running cams when that happened. I see. Well, she's the one that called him out. We didn't do that, folks. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we didn't say a word. Uh-uh. And she plans on going back to work there <laughs> at that particular television station. Oh, okay. That's okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but uh, the pictures I took of the public eye sore. Are great pictures. Yeah, and I thought maybe that was the problem. I had taken about 20 pictures, and I thought that's what was locking up Facebook. But if you're having problems with your Facebook page tonight, you're not the only one. Yeah. So so that's one of the many things that we're going to talk uh, with Patrick Christman about when yeah. he joins us after midnight. And we're getting some questions from our audience for, as this listener says, from an 847 area code, Joseph's father, when he's mm-hmm. on, can you ask him... <laughs> Now, that's a smart listener, 847. Uh, yes, we will ask your questions uh, of, of Patrick at 312-981-7200. You can text those to us. You can call us. We've been having a rather interesting <laughs> evening. Let, let me bring in our resident computer expert, uh, Patrick Crispin, Director of Educational Technology at the Keck School of Medicine of USC. Hi, Patrick. Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? Well, see, Johnny says she doesn't want me to blindside you with anything, but my thought is, hey, what are friends for? Exactly. See, as we drive in each Saturday night, Johnny takes pictures of our drive-in, and we post them on the Stephen Johnny show page on Facebook. They've become wildly popular. Listeners love to see them. And tonight, as we were driving in, because at Gulf Coast State College, there is this wonderful, or was this wonderful exhibit called Public Eyesore. So we got here about uh, 45 minutes early, drove around. Johnny took a bunch of pictures. Get into the studio, and she tries to post them on Facebook. I think it's because of the Wi-Fi. Come to find out Facebook that no. won't let 
her post them. It's Facebook. Facebook says, I don't have the authority to post pictures when, in fact, I'm one of the two admin on the page. Yeah. (laughs) So I told Johnny, I said, okay, why don't you send them to me Mm -hmm. and let me see if I can post them. She sends me three pictures. I try to post them. I get the same message that she got. Then she decides, well, let's test this. So she just writes, this this is is a a test. test. And, in fact, it went through. Shortly after that, I said, I'm going to take a picture of our in-house producer, and that's Becca Stark. And that was a little after 9 o'clock. I said, I'll see if I can get one picture to go up as opposed to 20 pictures. It did not go up at a little after 9 o'clock, but literally three minutes ago, it suddenly popped up on Facebook. After you had a message saying... Facebook has a bug. You need to shut it down and clear your cache. And I'm like, what? Is this for real? Uh, so it's been that kind of night. So, so you have been blindsided uh, with all this, Patrick. But does what this do suggest anything to you? Yeah, and basically, occasionally, Meta servers have some issues. I'm actually looking right now at Meta's status pages for the ads manager, Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, and I'm not seeing any issues that are popping up. Um, but there are so, there were some issues earlier tonight that I've heard several people had problems posting things to Facebook. Um, I actually have problems trying to get in the messenger and view a picture that was sent to me. Wow. So. I'm not sure what's going on in Meta servers. I'm hoping it gets fixed, like, while we're on the air, but this is really one of those frustrating things. If you ever get stuck in a situation like this, a a really smart idea is to try logging out of Facebook and then log back in. Sometimes that kind of clears the deck. It resolves minor glitches like this. Um, but as Johnny, you know, I would I would have believed that it was Wi-Fi as well because you know if you can't post pictures, it's very much a Wi-Fi issue right. almost but, always. But let me bring but in since you uh, got you got but, here and it worked, so yeah, it's not Wi-Fi. <laughs> and our our producer back at WGN, Julian, said that he had some problems with Facebook earlier yeah. on Today. Saturday too. Yeah. So, so so I guess the bottom line is at this point. It is reasonable to assume it's no hacking scam or anything that Facebook slash Meta actually is dealing with some kind of problem today. I think there's some sort of thing going on on Meta servers, basically Meta's media server. So it's not necessarily text messages, but it's for the images and the streaming servers. And several people have reported issues today. So let's cross our fingers and hope that it's fixed tomorrow. But now, the message that I got during the 12 o'clock news just a few minutes ago, it was a a box that popped up. Steve was out of the studio. I showed it to Becca, and the box said, we have found a bug in Facebook. You need to clear your cache and then sign on again. And you said, you know, sometimes if you do shut it down and then come back, it will kind of clear its but that doesn't clear your cash you have to physically clear right. the cash and right? when when johnny first told me about this my immediate reaction was anytime you get a quick message i ain't doing nothing i'm gonna pause well it depends it depends on who it came from on. uh if it's 
if, if it's coming from Facebook itself, if, if it's a pop-up message that's from the app itself and not from like, you know, Bob at Sitco, um, <laughs> you know, you know, it's actually going to be a real message for what's going on. But, but uh, I'm hitting the pause button here. How do you tell the difference between that and those fake messages saying, oh, uh, this is Facebook, uh, we've got a problem with your decency uh, your or lack decency of decency or something like or... that? So how right. do you determine well, of... which is the real Facebook and which is the fake Facebook? <laughs> if you are interacting with Facebook, and Facebook then generates an error immediately, you can pretty much expect, okay, there's something going wrong with Facebook. Okay. If just out of the blue, you end up getting a message that comes from no one, it's going to be, okay, this doesn't make any sense. Right. In Facebook, if there's a pop-up that shows up, um, you don't get pop-ups from your friends or from 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 colleagues if there's something from facebook that says hey this is really going on you need to take care about it take care of it you'll you'll see that it's actually you know there it's not going to have a front from line saying hey this is you know betty sue this is you know this is your friend or or, you'll know immediately it's really obvious but if it looks like it's from a person it's always from a person don't don't believe it Okay. See, this is why they pay Patrick the big bucks, because <laughs> he knows this stuff. Well, I feel a little bit better, though, just knowing that there's one other person out there that's dealt with this, because immediately, and somebody said tonight, well, you know what, you get you get what you pay for, and of course, Facebook is free. I, it, it, it works flawlessly, and that's what I expect it to do. When right. I want to put my pictures up, I want it to work for me. Okay, I'm, ha- I'm having a little fit here. We're not beating the, the Facebook horse to death, but there are a couple of things that we need to go back. Uh, Patrick, you thought we should also mention something that you referenced, and that is a down detector, right? Yes. Um, so if you've been at, to speedtest.net and done a speed test, it's by a company called Ookla. Um, they have a website called Down Detector. Go to downdetector.com. And on it, you get to see all of the popular websites that are being tracked right now. And if you have a problem with a website, people will go to Down Detector and they'll report that there's a problem. And you can look and see over the last 24 hours, how many people have reported problems with a particular website? I'm looking at the graph right now for Facebook. Facebook, on average, gets about, oh, you know, 19 reports per hour of saying, hey, I'm having problems connecting. That usually is somebody's having a problem with their personal computer. It's not actually Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then starting tonight at about 521, it just shot up through the roof. Oh. So at about 621, there were about 332 people who were reporting that they could not get things to work on Facebook. Now, again, take it with a huge grain of salt because this is user-reported data. But Down Detector is a good way to say, hey, am I alone in, in seeing something yes. going on? So if you have problems with Facebook in the middle of the day, you weren't alone. If you're having yeah. problems with uh 
with Spectrum early earlier today, you're not alone. You're trying to get into Discover right now. You're not alone. There, there are problems with that. But in fact, uh, we first learned of Down Detector when our alarm system was yes. acting wonky, yep. and went on Down Detector and found out that the whole nation was freaking out because yeah. all of a sudden their alarm system wasn't responding. That made me feel a yep. little bit better. <laughs> Isn't there another site too? And I'm uh, I'm blanking out on the name of it, but it's something I just stumbled on within the past month. It's something like is it just me. dot com, where basically I, I was trying to get to a particular website, mm-hmm. and I was able to get to every other website, but not that one website. So I went to I think it's. Is it just it's me? Called, you put I, it? I think it's down for everyone or just me. Yes, yes. That's a great name. Because <laughs> that says it all. You know, oh, please don't let it just be me. Uh, I, I'm going to keep you on the Facebook subject for just another minute, if I may. Uh, I, Absolutely. I talked to you off the air about uh, waking up yesterday morning to messages from uh, friends, including your wife, Christine, telling me that they were getting friend requests from me. And I thought, well, the first thing I need to do is find out what's going on with my Facebook page. I have two-factor authentication, so I felt pretty good about the fact that they're they're not in my Facebook page. They haven't grabbed my contact list, et cetera, et cetera. What was the the thing that I should do right away for anyone who gets messages like that? And it happens so frequently. It's frustrating, but it's probably going to happen to you if it hasn't yet. So what's the first thing one should do when you get messages that your friends are getting Facebook friend requests from you and you're already a friend? You should basically post on your Facebook page, hey, I am not sending out requests to anybody. Please report the profile that is sending you the links. What's happening is it is relatively simple for anyone to create a web page out there on Facebook, an account, and say that they're Johnny Putman or Steve King or Steve's brother or Butcher's Butcher's Golly or whoever. Mm-hmm. And they can just you know, say, I am this person and take that person's identity. It doesn't take over the original person's page if they still have it. It creates a second page, a second profile. So what you need to do as the owner, in other words, the person who's being spoofed, is you want to go to the page, the profiler page that's impersonating you. You click on the name at the top of a post. Um, If you can't find it, you can try searching for the name or the profile picture. Your friends are very likely going to send you a link to it. Um, And then sort of you see the the bar across the top in Facebook. You see the person with that, that fake name that is your name, but it's actually not you. And then sort of there's the where you click on post, you can click on about, you click on friends, you click on photos. On the far right-hand side of that, there are three horizontal dots. Click on that, and you can then say, what do you want? And one of the things you choose is find, support, or report. Mm-hmm. You'll see it. It pops up. It's pretty self-explanatory. So, you, so really, you click on the impersonating profiler page. Click on the three dots beneath the photo, cover photo, or you know, far right hand side of that. Find support or report, and then 
you're going to choose what the problem is. And chances are this person is pretending to be somebody. You can also report a fake account. So if somebody mm-hmm. posts something and says they're WGN radio and you know they're not, or a fake name, you know it that, that person using the wrong name. But pretending to be somebody is what's going on. And it will walk you through the process. Um, mm-hmm. And then hopefully within a, a certain amount of time, a human being at Facebook will eventually look at this and say, is this a real account or not? But you really should tell your friends, please, please, please do not engage with this spammer. Don't right. go to this web page. Don't go to this this scam thing. Don't respond to it. They're, they're, they're going to ask you for money. They're going to try to sell you Viagra. Don't buy it. Um, mm-hmm. Just report them. Yep, absolutely. Now, I will say, uh, to go full circle with my particular situation, I did everything that you said, and I got an email from Facebook last night, the email that is associated with my Facebook page, and they wanted to inform me that they checked out this person's Facebook page. This person has no history, no information whatsoever, just a name that's not their name. And they said, we don't see anything wrong with this page. Oh, Lord. So, uh, but, know. okay, let, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> and, and you know I'm stretching when I'm playing devil's advocate for Facebook. I looked at this page. The person's name is, or says... It is Johnny Putman. It does not have Johnny's picture. Right. It has a guy's picture. So if I'm being Facebook, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, this person has not tried to impersonate Johnny. There are Yet. <laughs> yet. There are many people in the world who may have the name Johnny Putman. This but why person, are they sending friend requests to Johnny Putman? Exa- exactly. Or Johnny Putman's friends. But, but so I think realistically, that, that, doesn't, that come down to, that, doesn't that come down to, is there a real human being looking at this, or is this just a, a, bot. Uh, a, a, a bot looking at this and saying, oh, pictures don't match, so I'm not going to worry about that? Hmm. Facebook has a pretty robust trust and safety program, and they have a lot of people. Now, granted... They're minimum wage people in India, but there are human beings who are involved in this. So it's not a bot that's choosing this. It's not AI. There's actually a person looking at it using a set of rules that were set up by Facebook. So we're kind of, you you might have to wait until that person does something else and then have Mm -hmm. to go back and keep taking a bite of that apple. But, you know, it's Mm -hmm. one of those things where you just got to monitor it. One of my favorite texts tonight came from a listener who writes... When Joseph's dad is on the radio, <laughs> and I said, yeah, you're a good listener. When Joseph's dad is on the radio, please ask him, what is the best password manager for computers, and do I need one for my phone? The answer is, I am a big fan of 1Password. You can get it at onepassword.com. It is for individuals two ninety nine a month, and the nice thing about it is, once you get it, it runs on all of your devices. So, to answer your question, do you need it on your phone? Yeah, because you will run it on all your devices. Right. Okay. And we've talked about one password before, and it's O N E password. No, the the number one, and then the word password. 
Okay, because the listener immediately said, is it O-N-E password? Now, once you sign up for it, do you have to pay for uh, above a certain number of devices, or is it here's your annual fee and it covers everything you got or what? So one password, if you go to if you go to onepassword.com and you can then sign up and you can choose if you're just going to use it yourself, the pricing for this thing is 2.99 a month and that is all of your devices. It doesn't seem to be that there's any sort of limit on the number of devices that you want. It runs on a Mac, iOS, Windows, Android, Chrome, OS, Linux, um, you just run it on all the devices because you're going to log into the same account. Okay. Uh, another question from a listener, and this is Mark in Arlington Heights, and he wants to know, where can you go on the web to get tips and tricks for iPhone? He said, I get a lot of posts on Facebook about syncing and using buttons uh, to do certain things. Uh, I always hesitate to click on those links. <coughs> do you have any suggestions where I might go? I can tell you the three places I go. The first one, and it I wish they posted more, Apple Support on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and just search for Apple Support, there literally is an Apple Support channel. If you go look on playlists, you can then choose by the device, and there are short one- or two-minute videos that Apple posts, and occasionally they'll post things that's like, I didn't know they did that. That's kind of cool. Really, as you would expect from Apple, incredibly well produced. So Apple support on YouTube, the first of three places I check a lot. In fact, is one of the, one of the uh, few places I subscribe to on YouTube. The other one, and this is strange, but I got to tell you, I'm really impressed with Lifehacker. There's a website called lifehacker.com. It's spelled just like you think it's it sounds L-I-F-E-H-A-C-K-E-R dot com. And it posts things like saying, hey, here's the latest sales, here's neat little things. But if you click on the tech tab at the top and click on Apple, the Apple tips that they post there are some of the best I've found anywhere online. And they'll show you some hidden things in your iPhone device that you just didn't know about that I didn't know about. Um, there's a, occasionally, you know, they'll say, okay, here's what's going on in the latest version of iOS, and you can kind of skip that. But they make some recommendations there. I support almost 100% of what they post. So that's lifehacker.com is the second place I go. The other one, and I don't rely on this as much. I wish they had more on the tips side, but there is a website called 9 to 5 Mac. It's the number nine, the number five. It's so it's number nine T O, the number five M A C dot com. And they occasionally have some really good tips there. But the three types three sites I recommend, Apple Support on YouTube, Lifehacker, again go to check and then Apple on Lifehacker, or nine to five Mac. I have to ask, are there equivalent sites for Android? Or for Windows? I believe there is for, there's like a, a 9 to 5 Android, I, and I think there's, an, I'm not sure there's a 9 to 5 Windows. Um, and then Lifehacker will have the tips for Android and Windows as well. So I would right. very strongly recommend Lifehacker 
Um, I, I would bookmark that for everybody. It's one of my favorite websites. I, I visit it a couple times a day. Okay. The, one of the things that, that I wanted to segue to, a major story this past week was the SAG-AFTRA agreement. Yes. And I'm really curious, have you had a chance to look into any of this and, and determine anything that is going to be significant from the AI part of this agreement? Absolutely. And that's actually, I'm glad you brought this thing up. Uh, back on July 14th, the 160,000 members of the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists uh, went on strike. And they went on strike against the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers. So there was nothing happening out here in Hollywood. There were no shows being recorded. Nobody was going on guest shows to be, you know to be on Kimmel or what, and, or at least not to promote anything that was going on. Right. And some of the things they were, they were kind of going on uh, strike were they wanted to talk about pay and residual increases, but they really were concerned about AI. AI is a huge concern for Hollywood. And sag after has come out and basically said, look, if you're going to digitally replicate any performer's voice, or likeness, um, or you're going to go in and take one of their performances and substantially manipulate it, which you can with computers, uh, or to create a new digital performance, like taking a Denzel Washington and like editing it so that you have a clone of Denzel Washington doing whatever you want. You can't do that. We're, we're not going to let you do that. And the contract that was they had back in in July, the the AMPTP could and SAG after said no 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 time out time out no 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 stop. The other one is, and we talked about this earlier this year, um, how you could use a performer's voice. And we mm-hmm. did this on the air. We took Steve's voice and Johnny's voice, and we used it to say things that. They didn't say we had Steve promoting gluten coin, his new yes. cryptocurrency. Um, and SAG after was saying, yeah, we just, I'm, you can't take our voice and have us say things we didn't say. We're not going to let that happen. So they really kind of stood up and said, nope, we're, we, we are out on strike until we get a deal. Now, obviously, there's money involved in this as well. But um, so the actors are now going to get um, a minimum of raises of about 7% uh, in the first year. They have AI protections now in their new contracts. Um, and basically, a performer will have to give consent before anything that they use or they say or do can be digitally manipulated or reused. And the agents are going to be really all over this. So it is very, very uh, good news out here in, in Hollywood to, for the for the Screen Actors Guild because this has been a fantastic fight for them to stand up saying you can't just copy us because imagine how imagine if I wanted to go and you know bring have have Dick Sutliff read out news mm-hmm. on every news station yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, you know, train the AI on Dick Sutliff's voice, but 
yeah, yeah. That was the other thing is sag after said, um, not only can you not use our stuff to go and create new content, you can't use any of things that we say or do or whatever to train an AI to go as a training data without getting our permission. So this is a really big win and a good protection for the the actors. So I'm, I'm this big win. And reality is, you know, that some person at some point is going to do this. But the good news is now they have the legal teeth to say, no, you did that. Oh, boy, are we coming after you? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you can go and make a new Michael Jackson. Um, and the thing is, the new SAG after rules are saying, if you're going to do that, you need to have the permission of the estate. You can't just go out and do this, or we're going, SAG after is going to be on it. You know, so you can't have, you know, can't take the, ingest the, the whiz and have all the actors who are fantastic in that movie and create the whiz too using AI. <laughs> it's just not legally allowed anymore. It was a long four months, but it was worth every yeah. bit of it. And I got to tell you, <laughs> everybody, Fran Drescher yeah. has to be the queen of Hollywood yeah. now because she fought the good fight. She really yeah. did. Uh, Patrick Crispin is with us, and uh, Patrick joins us a couple of times uh, a month. And for the listener who says, oh, I love when Patrick's on the show, but sometimes I get sleepy, <laughs> Patrick's on the West Coast and um, he has a very busy day, so he's kind enough to wrap up his day by joining us at this late hour. That's why we post a podcast. So for those of you who can't hang on to every last word of Patrick's, uh, the podcast will be posted in the next couple of days. Patrick, what is this uh, Move It breach that happened? Because that was big news this week, huh? Absolutely huge. By, by the way, I, I, as you were telling the story about the uh, creamer, I was reminded of the lyrics. If you want to hang out, you've got to take her out, non-dairy creamer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you want to get down, down on the ground, non-dairy creamer. She don't you lie, are... she don't lie, she don't lie, non-dairy creamer. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick doesn't know what he had for dinner today, but he knows, like, this minutiae. Oh, he had non-dairy this... creamer. <laughs> oh, please. Okay, move it. What happened? Eric Clapton, come on. I know, but again, it's minutiae. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to date myself, and if you're in Gen X or a baby boomer, and you were on the Internet in the early days, the way that we used to get and download files off of the Internet was through something called File Transfer Protocol, or FTP. And so this is before web pages became really big. You would, you would have a program on your computer. If you had a Windows box, it was always WSFTP. Um, my dog is now going crazy. Um, so... <laughs> Apparently, he likes WSFTP. Uh, this was a program that nobody ever paid for. I think I was the only person in the world ever paid for it. Um, and so the company that makes it, Ipswich, actually has another pro- platform called MoveIt. MoveIt is a secure FTP protocol, and it allows you to encrypt files and send it to a remote site. Now, you and I would sit there and go, I have no need for this. Most people wouldn't, but companies do. 
and hospitals do and school districts do and states do, large organizations who are sending databases and just a lot of secure data, they rely on MoveIt to do it. It's a platform. So this doesn't really impact you and me. We don't use this program, but the companies that you deal with do on the back end in their IT shop. Thousands and thousands of governments, financial institutions, public and private sector sector bodies, all around the world, they all use this Move It program. Back in May of uh, 2023, um, it looked like somebody hacked Move It, like got into the Move It databases and was able to get copies of the data that was being transferred from, say, like a bank to a bank or from the state government to the state government. And it looks like it's the Russian hacker group CLOP. At last count, 2,590 organizations have been impacted. Mm. This is impacting 70 million people have had their records taken by this Russian organization. Some examples of this. Louisiana Office of Motor Vehicles, 6 million people had their records taken. Oregon Department of Transportation, 3.5 million people had their records taken. The Teachers Insurance and Annuity Association of America, you go, wait a minute, Teachers Association Insurance and Association, that's TIAA, as in TIAA craft, 2.6 million. And just recently, the state of Maine announced that 1.3 million people had their records stolen in Maine, Mm. which is the population of Maine. The entire population (laughs) of Maine had their information stolen, government information from the state of Maine. We don't know what's going to happen, but this could be the biggest, certainly it's the biggest breach of the year and could be the biggest breach of all times. If you're concerned, um, if if you've been, if this is going to come and get you, your or your bank, your financial institution, your state government will get in touch with you. Check with the news. Um, I don't think anything in Illinois has been hacked yet that we know of that 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 we can announce. But just be aware, there is something called Move It. Move It is a Good program, fantastic program, used by thousands of organizations around the world. Hackers got into it back in May, and they downloaded a lot of stuff they shouldn't have. And we're going to be hearing about this for years to come. Wow. I want to take you in a a follow-up direction from this. From what you know at this point, how equipped is our government and the people who handle cybersecurity in our government, how equipped are they to respond to this and to hopefully prevent it from happening in the future? I think they're very well equipped to track it. I think they're very well equipped to announce that there's an issue. But the end result is, because we have distributed computers and distributed networks, it's not owned by you know your, by the government. You have Facebook and Meta and and mm-hmm. the state of Georgia and the state of Illinois and Indiana and, and you know Panama City Beach. Each are going to have their own different 
sort of data data stewards and data setups and data operations. It's really incumbent on the government to reach out to all of these people, and they did in, in back earlier this year, saying, "Hey, move it is real. You got to fix this. You've got to patch it. Patches were available, but you know this this turned out to be a zero day that got that impacted a lot of people. So wow. to answer your question, the government's really good at telling everybody about it. I'm not sure they can prevent it because it's really up to the individual corporations and governments to fix this. So since this happened back in May, if you haven't received a letter from your bank or your hospital or your investment firm, so far you're okay. But if you get that letter, it's legit. Yeah, it's legit if you get a letter like that. And they should explain to you what you should do and and yep. what was how the breach affected them i mean is it your medical records or is it something mm-hmm. that has your social security number and all of that stuff well that's good stuff to keep you awake at night yeah yeah <laughs> sorry wow. about that yeah, thanks and then he says good night then he leaves us you know <laughs> great well you are leaving the country next friday right Friday at 7 p.m., we are boarding a plane to London, England. We'll land at 1.30 on Saturday, and then uh, I don't know what we're going to do. We have no plans. <laughs> so well, so you, you're going to be spending Thanksgiving in England? We'll be spending Thanksgiving in, is it Thanksgiving in England. No idea what we're going to be doing again. We're going with a seven-year-old, so our <laughs> plans are as flexible as you can make. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little Pokemon action. and I it- think there will be lots of that. I, I have to believe there's some place that's going to serve turkey. That may not be at uh, the top of There are a couple your... places, yeah. Are they really? Good, good. Yes. Okay. Well, if you have time next week with the time difference, you can give us a shout and give us a rundown of, of how, how things went for the first day in London. We'd be happy to. All right. Take care, Patrick. We'll talk to you Thanks, soon. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you. We'll be back on WGN. Bubbles on. Steve King and Shawnee Putman at WGN Radio. I love that song. That's I do too. Uh, Jimmy Buffett. That is uh, from his new album, which is well, the first album in a long time that Jimmy hadn't planned on self-releasing, but it has come out on the legendary Sun Records label, which right. is the label that started Elvis and Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee and everybody. Released on November 3rd. Yeah. And we had pre-ordered our CD, and uh, it's waiting for us when we get back to Chicago. Uh, the CD is entitled Equal Strain on All Parts. He had a, a great sense of humor when he uh, put together this this CD, uh, including songs like My Gummy Just Kicked In. Yeah. <laughs> and um, who who is with him on that one? Is it uh, Paul McCartney? McCartney? Yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. with him on that and one. And they, they were having a, a, a bite to eat when... Mm-hmm. Um, he shared with him that his gummies had just kicked in, and and the rest is is a song on the CD. Bubbles up though that song. I don't know. I love it. It, it, it. I love it, but at the same time, it makes me sad. Oh sure. And it's not just because it's Buffett and he's no longer here, but the lyrics to the song are mm-hmm. really sweet. And you know, I I'm not a scuba diver, but bubbles up. Yeah. Yeah. Dead. Because that was the origin of yeah. the idea for the song. If you follow the bubbles, bubbles you up, get so up, it bubbles and, up, and you get to the light, and you live. And isn't this uh, the first Jimmy Buffett song to make the charts? In listen to this, 
It's in the top 20 since it was released. Uh, actually, the single was released uh, uh, over a month ago. Right. Uh, the whole CD was released just a, a week or so ago. But in the top 20 on the adult contemporary charts, this is the Billboard adult contemporary charts, and it marks Buffett's highest charting hit in more than 45 years. Mm. The last time he rose higher was back in 1977. That year ended up being one of his biggest because he had two smash hits. And, of course, one of those two was Margaritaville. Mm. Um, that's amazing when you think about that, though. Over 45 years. Yeah. And the top 20, and uh, it's probably going to be around for some time. It People are embracing the song because of the positive message. Oh, sure. Uh, he was sick when he made the CD, but very few people knew that he was mm-hmm. not well. Uh, and yet his, his humor just comes through in so many yeah. aspects of the, of the CD. Paul McCartney was involved in that. Um, you know who else I, I would like to hear sing that? Hmm. Mike McKinney. Yes, our guest. He could do a great job yeah, of that. Yeah, You know, if you had been in a time machine, and if you were suddenly dropped back here, would you think, and just from looking at the pop charts Mm -hmm. would you think you had landed back in the 70s because who's on the top of the charts jimmy buffett the rolling stones the beatles Beatles. (laughs) yes so what huh well like we said last week did our clocks go back an hour or did they go back like a few decades decades exactly wow bubbles up uh i was just reading here some of the other uh reactions to the song they say it's also being embraced by younger listeners Mm -hmm. And to me, it shows a little bit of ignorance on the part of the the writer for Forbes magazine because he felt that he had to establish that adult contemporary music was music for the older generation mm. and that younger people are also enjoying Buffett's music. Well, you know, if you looked at the crowd that came to his concerts, they were all ages. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Forbes. The, the, as we've said for years, there's only, and as... Uh, Mike and Maggie said tonight, there's only two kinds of music, right. what you like and what you don't. Amen. Yeah. We got a little bit more music news coming up uh, tonight. I was looking at the Almanac for this weekend, and I came across something kind of wacky. In fact, we'll take a break. You I'll finding something wacky? Yes. How odd. We'll take a break, and I'll find it, and then I'll share it with you so I won't be keeping this fun stuff to myself. So stay with us here on WGS. Steve King and Johnny Putner at WGN Radio. I, I have to bring in Becca on this. Uh, <laughs> Becca is uh, is handling production on this side of the, the broadcast. And just watching your face. <laughs> now, that, that's Dolly Parton yes. from her new rock star album, along Singing. with Miley Cyrus. Singing her goddaughter song, Wrecking Ball. And that's Miley with her. But you were smiling so much. Had you heard that before? What's your reaction to that? Um, My reaction is, okay, that's Dolly Parton. And then I'm registering what the lyrics she's singing, and then I'm taken back to, like, 13-year-old me at a skating rink. (laughs) I mean, like, what is happening right now? (laughs) But also just the irony of it going full circle, of, like, of it 
being a, a song from her goddaughter, because mm. I know the, yeah. those two are really close. So it was, yeah. it was interesting. I, I actually so, so again, kind of a weird little time warp yeah. moment. Yeah. I like the song better when she's singing with Miley. Yes. I think there's a great harmony there. Yeah. Uh, that's not one of my favorite of hers, but I wanted to get Miley <laughs> on here because they have a great story. You're right. They have a yeah. wonderful relationship. I will say also on the topic of Miley, it does show like... Um, some like vocal maturity and like a tonal shift from when she originally recorded the song and mm-hmm. i think that's mm-hmm. also interesting i that's love true. miley cyrus yeah. she i love the low end of her voice yeah i really think it's cool well that of course is dolly parton from her new cd called Rockstar, and she has been working that cd and one of my favorite stories about the making of that cd was something that her husband of almost 60 years told her Mm-hmm. When he heard that she had done Stairway to Heaven, a Led Zeppelin tune, and he asked to hear it because he actually likes rock music. He does not like country music. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? It put this roof over your head. <laughs> oh, come on, man. But um, he asked her when he heard Stairway to Heaven, are you sure that's not Stairway to Hell? <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Whoa. But, you know, they've got this great relationship, almost 60 years. um, And he's been the elusive Carl Dean all Mm -hmm. these years. And so she's been talking a little bit more about him because she has a new book out, too. Mm -hmm. I love the title of the book, Behind the Seams, My Life in Rhinestones. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that there was one person on my list of I I wish I could have a, a a chance to sit down and talk with her on the radio. Yeah. And that was Dolly Parton. I just feel like she would be the coolest person to talk to. I, I hope she's as real as she comes across. Yeah. I know she's all she's the first to admit that she's she's a lot of fake, but still <laughs> there's a, a genuineness about her that I love. This takes me back to a conversation that we were having online with some friends. It had to do with the number of people who are up for grammy awards yeah and the number of females and becca you're going to find this hard to believe when i started in radio back in the stone age of 1966 believe it or not i was told you can only play one female vocal per hour because the audience can't take more than that. Oh, is it just too much? Uh, Yeah. Now, 10 years later, Mm -hmm. when I got into radio, things had changed to the extent that you could play more than one an hour, but you could not play them back to back. Interesting. They'll turn the radio off if there are two women back to back. Now, in 77, you had names like Donna Summer, Barbara Streisand, Mm -hmm. Olivia Newton-John. And and you had groups like Fleetwood Mac with female vocalists. But that was considered... And and Hart. Yeah, it was like, no, you can't play them back to back. And I I remember looking at my first year in radio, the Mm -hmm. top ten songs of that year, five of them were women. Wow. But we weren't allowed to play them back to back and i guess it was quite a few years it was well into the mm. 80s before they loosened up and realized well you know what they're well, here do, to stay do you remember oh and i'm trying to think exactly when this was but this was near the beginning of taylor swift's career mm. when she came out against some of the country music programmers who mm. were restricting the number of female artists that could be played That's on their right. stations that's when right. 
female artists were accounting for the lion's share of country music sales at that point. Yeah, but there were still rules and regulations. And I mean, these were serious, hardcore rules. You'd get called into the office, called on the carpet and told, you don't do this, you know, because you're turning radios off. I'm like, really? Whoever came up with that? (laughs) I know. Yes. Now, well, um, speaking of musicians, next week on the show, we're going to spend some time with our buddy Muriel Anderson, because she comes back to the Chicago area every year for her homecoming concert. And that's going to be the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So the Saturday before, we're going to tell you all about it. But Henry uh, sends us a text from Northwest Indiana, and he says, Could you please mention that Muriel Anderson will be doing a concert at Front Porch in Valparaiso, Indiana? A great location. Yep. She's going to do the Front Porch concert before she does her hometown concert. And if you're not familiar with Muriel Anderson, Muriel is an extraordinary guitarist. Uh, She was... The first female guitarist to win the uh, Finger Pickers Award. Mm-hmm. She has recorded with everybody from uh, rock stars to uh, folk artists. To She started years ago her All-Star Guitar Night, which has brought together some of the best guitar players on the planet. And... She's always coming up with new things. Remember the last time we had her on, we talked about her cookbook that had music that went along with every recipe in the cookbook. I mean, it's a beautiful cookbook, too. So if you're going to make this particular dish from Italy, here's the song that goes along with it. She wrote the music to go along with the cookbook, and it it really was a beautiful book. Well, now... And one of the times before that, she'd just come out with an album that was nominated for all the graphic work right. uh, that they did on it. Because the album itself lit up. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was st- stars in the sky, as I recall. Yeah. And it would actually light up when you looked at the CD. Well, now she's, a, she's invented a game. And she's going to tell us about this game because she's been sailing around the world with her fella. And they literally have been sailing around the world, and apparently that's what her board game is about. It's about sailing. I love this. And she's going to tell us about it next week, which reminded me of the Almanac for this weekend. Okay. I could not believe this. You know, the um, National Toy Hall of Fame is a big deal if you get into the Toy Hall of Fame. Well, on this date in 2005, the most unusual... And yet, Common Toy was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. 2005. This day in 2005. That was the same year that Jack in the Box was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Candyland, the board game, was inducted into the Hall of Fame. The Jack in the Box was in in 2005. 2005. But there was a most unusual, yet incredibly common toy that was inducted on the state in 2005. You've got a perplexed look on your face. That, that would be true. You have a wrinkled brow. Yes. Yes. Becky, you want to take a stab at it? 2005. 2005. Unusual toy. Yep. Yep. Yet incredibly common. Mm. As common, I'm going to give you a clue, as common as you can imagine, inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame. 2005 Super Common Toy. Mm-hmm. Now, again, um, I mentioned some of the, the most common ones that are already 
in the Hall of Fame. I was surprised it took that long for Candyland to be inducted into the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. See, all the answers have come up with my head probably were inducted like decades before. I thought, you know, the hula hoop. No, I no. don't think so. But it was already inducted yeah. into the Hall of Fame. And it's not all that common. Yeah. I mean, who wants to do that kind of work? Why am I yeah. thinking Mr. Potato Head? He this, was 1962, I think, he, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. The tater was <laughs> inducted very early Why do you on. know that, Becca? <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably talked about that in Toy Story. <laughs> they did. No. I, the funny story about that is I literally was just like, I was like eight, and I was just saying the year over and over again. I was like, was there anything special that happened at that time? And I just checked. And it, was it was Mr. Potato Mr. Head. Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> And that's the whole story there. That's the only reason why I know that. Anyways, my best guess for 2005, I'm going to guess Rubik's Cube, but I doubt that's right. That's a good guess, though. And I don't even... Uh, I'm sure the Rubik's Cube was inducted. Etch-A-Sketch was inducted the yeah. year before. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a really big deal when you get inducted. Barbie was one of the first ones, right. so you know, not this year, because it's more common than it's been in some time, thanks to the popularity of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that one out there. And if you want to text me and answer 312-981-7200, of course, we're coming up to the final stretch of the show. Yep. And you know what that means. Yep. 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 going to fire yep. up that Zamboni. Yep. Yeah. So stick around for that and a whole lot more. But first, we'll take a break here on WGN. My heart and two. Somebody's going to lose that day. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. <laughs> Forgive me. I- that was one of Julian's jams. Julian, what made you dig that up? Something just came over me and possessed me, willed <laughs> me to you, do it. Thank you, Julian. Thank you. That's my favorite guy on record. I recorded that back in about uh, <laughs> 1965. Five. Oh, yep. wow. Uh, <laughs> d- d- by any chance, do you have the flip side of that? Mud in your eye? <laughs> as, as long as you're going back to that era. <laughs> oh, my God. This is... Uh, I, I loved your face. <clears throat> Mech and I are looking at you, and you just turned red. And you're like, what? what? The first notes you knew... It brought back the memories, and I mouthed to Becca, it's him. <laughs> and the... It may not have been the greatest record on the planet. Oh, it's good. It's but a the rocker. thing that I'm most proud of is what you heard. There was no overdubbing, no nothing. That was the group. In you went in the literally, studio. You went in the studio and you created a recording. Now, you did started you do that playing and, because of um, uh, the cost and the time. No, that's just that's what just, you did. Yeah. I, I was uh, recording with a man named David Carroll. Uh, David Carroll had been the A&R man with uh, Mercury Records. He had produced people like uh, the Platters, uh, the Diamonds, um, and uh, he discovered the Smothers Brothers. Uh, and for whatever reason, he he liked me, and we did some things when he was with Mercury. He left Mercury, started his own record company called Sonavox, and that was one of the first releases on Sonovox. And you didn't waste any time. You just went in there and yeah. tore it up. <laughs> just recorded it at uh, Universal Studios in I, Chicago. I wish I'd been ready. I would have taken a picture of your face. Because it was a <laughs> good move, Julian. You can stay now. 
earlier there was some question, but now I've decided you can yeah. stay. I'll fight him on this, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. Let, how about we double up on that? Let's double up on that, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. So this is the flip side. proud of is the, the the girls in the chorus and the band and everything there were no overdubs it was all live the, you like it you don't like it whatever mm-hmm. but there were no overdubs we just went and they said okay take so and so and that's what we did and can we go on record as saying that's not me as one of the backup singers that's no. not how i met you <laughs> no because i think it, at that point I you was would have been about fourth uh, grade Six or seven. No, or I was a little older than that, but okay. fourth, maybe fourth grade. That would be really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I'm that too long, okay, folks? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's uh, Becca. That's the kinky side of our relationship. No, no stop. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I can't sing, but uh, you know, if Steve, if Steve will make a, make a song, he can sing. I can rap. Oh, oh good. okay. <laughs> All right. We'll have a Christmas show. Let's do yes. that. A Christmas talent show. Okay. Now you're committed that, sounds to like a, it. that sounds like a plan. You are committed oh, to it. Gabe, that reminds me. Speaking of, of holidays and the the assembled crew, one of the things we're going to do next week, it will be our last show before Thanksgiving. Your assignment, should you choose to accept it. And you will. We're going to ask everybody for some recipes. Right. A recipe. A that, recipe that is unique to you that you would enjoy for Thanksgiving. Right. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about what our choices are next week on the show. And then I'm going to ask that you all give me the recipes so that we can post them the next day for folks who are looking for something new mm-hmm. to um, put on their Thanksgiving table. So I think we should have an interesting mix. Uh, Julian's yeah. already chimed in and said we're all about the food, so buckle up. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to something uh, interesting from Julian. And... Um, I'm hoping that Bob will contribute something. Ron has said mm-hmm. that he'll be bringing in a recipe. Uh, I will have one or two. If my wife is listening, write this down, honey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. We'll send a note home with you, okay? <laughs> will do. Now, uh, Becca, we won't be uh, talking to you next week, but as we get close to Thanksgiving, is there something that you that have, you have, to, have to have each Thanksgiving, or it's a tradition at besides your house? Besides turkey, besides... Are you a stuffing or a dressing girl? I would say different dressing. Dressing? dressing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of more of a southern thing, I think. Yeah. You do the dressing and stuffing. Why am I not hearing you? Hello? Hello? Okay. I'm hearing you a little. Uh, How's that? How's that? Hello? Okay. Ah, there you are. Hello? <laughs> 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 scared herself. <laughs> so dressing is your thing, and yeah. a lot of people say, well, they're the same thing. No, they're not, because mm. um, stuffing is really just hunks of bread yeah. that's wet. And it's like, I, I'm i not trying to yuck when it's young. It's just too, it's just too dry for me. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, dressing is kind of wet and moist and yummy, and but, I'm really hungry now. But what do you have to have, or it's not Thanksgiving if you don't have... What? Um, for Green. my family specifically, we do like a sweet potato souffle, oh. which like 
I'm more, it's more of like a sentimental thing for me because I used to make it a lot with my grandma when I, I was a kid. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what so, it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, shoot me that recipe and I'll include it in our a sweet potato souffle. Yeah. I like that. It's, I bet it's, it's basically I bet. a casserole, but yeah. But it okay. doesn't have marshmallows on top, does it? it? Ours does not. Some people put marshmallows on it. Mm-hmm. Um, ours does, however, have like a lot of like um, crushed up, like I think it's walnuts, maybe <gasps> pecans. That's my and recipe then, like, too. And like it's like a praline. Sugar. Yes, yeah. it's like a crunchy praline yeah. in between the sweet potatoes. Because yes. I don't want marshmallows because that's like dessert. Yeah. And this is a really, yeah, I'm going to include that next week. Okay, I'm getting hungry. I know, I'm starving. i, I got to tie up loose ends, too, because we were talking about on uh, this date in uh, 2005, what toy was inducted into the... Yeah. And a couple of the guesses are Light Bright. In fact, a, a few people said Light Bright. It's not Light Bright. The Ouija Board? No. <laughs> Slinky? Mm-mm. Easy Bake Oven? Hands down my favorite toy of all time was the easy bake oven uh a couple of people thought it might be legos legos are certainly in the yeah. um hall of fame but not legos are you ready i said it's very common incredibly common in fact yeah on this date in 2005 the cardboard box what was inducted into the Toy what? Hall of Fame. Yes. I see it. That makes sense. They said, with nothing more than a little imagination, <laughs> a box can be transformed into a fort, yeah. a car, a house, a spaceship, a submarine, a castle, or a cave. Or a puppet theater. A puppet oh. theater. Inside a big cardboard box, a child is transported to a world of his or her own, one where anything is possible. Now, based on that criteria, I'm thinking, well, why wasn't that the first toy that you inducted into the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I mean, really? So it was on this date in 2005. Uh Uh-oh. I know. I thought I heard it. I I see the the lights are flickering, and am I hearing? (laughs) Yep, I hear the Zamboni in the background. Yep. And Bob Fakuda, who is our engineer, drives a Zamboni, and we didn't even mess up the the studio, but he's still got to clean it up. Yeah. Got to clean yeah. up after us, and we're well, not even it, there. Well, after all that septic tank talk. <laughs> it don't clean itself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so that Bob's means, friendly voice. <laughs> that means uh, we're about ready to get out of here. Yeah. So if you would like to be our last caller... You can give us a call at 312-981-7200. That number again is 312-981-7200 if you would like to be our last caller and win a couple goodies from the prize yes, list. Yes, as long as you have not won anything from WGN Radio in the last 60 days, you would then win a, an authentic retro WGN t-shirt. You would also win your very own American Weathermakers desktop top weather station which has become quite the collectible so those prizes are yours if you qualify and if you make the cut and you are in fact our last caller of the evening 312-981-7200 last call coming up on wgn but you can't stay here no you cannot stay here and once again, we are not going to play the rest of that song. We're really, really not. You probably sold more copies of that song just by saying that every If you week. want to look it up, it's uh, the artist is Red Peters. 
And the song is the closing. And Mr. Peters, every time. week he goes, why am I getting all these hits? Yep. What? What? Why? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting all of this love from people who listen to the Steve and Johnny show. Okay. We told you that this is, in fact, the last call at 312-981-7200. Since we are at the remote location at WKGC-FM Studios in Panama City, Florida, we are not going to choose the last caller. We are going to allow our engineer, Bob Fukuda. The keeper of the big plug. The man who drives the Zamboni. The guy who can make this show fly or flop. Well, I could so just not pot you up, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's, well, that's right. That. right. Yeah, yes. so, so it'd be just Julian and I. That's right. So, like a comedy team. So you get to choose the last caller, Mister Bob. Let's go with line one. And All line right. one is who? It's Buffy. Buffy. Hi, Buffy. Well, good morning. Hi there. And where are you calling from, Buffy? I am calling from North Aurora, Illinois. Woo-hoo! I have to ask if you slayed any vampires lately. <laughs> I get that all the time. No, John. I I, uh, I was named after Family Affair. Oh, you were like okay, Jody and Buffy, Buffy and Jody. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so this yep. really is your name. It really is, and I That's even have a cool. Mrs. Beasley doll. Yes. Of course you do. Oh, of course a, I do. That was a great toy. It's funny because we had Corky last week and we got Buffy this yeah. week. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you you live in North Aurora, and I spent some of my best years in Aurora, right there on uh-huh. Eola, Eola Road is where our radio station was. There's still I, radio. Yep, I know that. Uh-huh. Still a radio station there, just not that kind of radio station. And, right, uh, right. When Johnny and I were first dating, I... Uh, was following her home because it was late at night, and I followed her to North Aurora on the Yola Road. And uh, no, I went to Wilder. I lived in Wilder. Well, you lived in Wilder. Yeah. The, it it oh doesn't matter gosh. because I got lost in Aurora, then trying to get home. <laughs> Steve, Steve called the next day, and he says it took me like an hour to get out of Aurora. <laughs> he was just oh driving around goodness. in circles. Yeah. That, that's yeah. funny. That's funny. Now, why are you up at this hour, Buffy? Well, um. I'm a widow. I lost my husband about nine years ago, and he was a a big uh, guitar player. And I don't know. I just I, I started listening to you guys years ago, and I knew your correlation with. Um, oh no, I can't think of his name. Come on, he passed away. The old man you wrote oh, a book Paul. about him. Les Paul. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that old Jim, man. My hus- my husband was a big Les Paul fan, ah. and I don't know. I just I, I can't sleep at night. It's insomnia, and so I. You're my regulars every Saturday night, well, and I love you. it. Thank you for too. hanging out yeah. with us. That's really nice thank of you. Did, did your husband yeah. have a Les Paul guitar? Absolutely. I still have it, yep. Oh. Good. Good. Have you yep, ever looked I'll into... I'll never get rid of it. I was going to say, have you ever looked into what the value of it is? You might no, be No, I'm afraid to. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's worth something. Yeah. Yeah, because oh. he, he was... He's, I think he's more your age. He was a, l- a lot older than, well, not, I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> Where is this conversation he, he going, age, so, <laughs> Yeah. He actually got to see, like, Led Zeppelin when he was 16 and all, you uh-huh. know, that kind of thing. So. I see. I miss, what kind of music did, did, say that again? Music did I'm sorry. he like to play? What kind of music did he like to play? He was rock and roll, blues, pretty okay. much 
blues and rock and roll, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. That'll do. Yep. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Well, what's what's on your uh, agenda for Sunday, now that we've slipped Sunday, into Sunday? I'm going to yeah. get up and go to church in the morning, and mm-hmm. um, I work at Hassett House, the homeless shelter, mm-hmm. and um, I, I decorate for birthdays for a few of our guests just because they have no family. So I have a birthday that I'm preparing for on Wednesday. Oh, so nice. I have Thank a little shopping to do after church, and then yeah. I'm going to do some yard work. Yay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like mm-hmm. 60s next week, and we're coming Yeah, home. we're going to have beautiful weather here. Yeah, so I'm so happy. I don't feel so bad that you're down in Florida. <laughs> what? It was uncomfortably warm here today because the humidity was high, and I'm not saying oh. that to, you know, to be ugly. I'm telling you, no, it's no, November. No. We love November down here because typically there's a cool breeze. It's like 70s. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm, I'm just looking right now, and the temperature right now uh, is 60 degrees down here. Oh, so it's dropped. No a kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I'm, I'm yeah. the one that told Steve, leave your coat in the car. So I'm yeah. going to hear that all the way to the car. There you go. Well, I, I got a quick well, question for you uh, about yeah. Aurora. There was a deli that I lived on Wilder, and this deli was their back door i could see their back door from my back door it was a family-owned deli right in the middle of a residential street does that ring a bell to you was it like a bratwurst place it just came to me the name was rulins r-e-u yep rulins rulins i I drive past there almost every day yes oh so they're They're still still there there. oh my gosh yep yep because I could yeah. walk down my back stairs and across the alley and go right in their back door and get my sandwich yep. and my potato salad and then run back home. And then if I yes. went out my front door, I could walk right into the, the uh, Dairy Star or Dairy. It wasn't a Dairy Queen, but it was an ice cream yep. joint. Dairy yeah. Queen, yep. yeah. So you know exactly that's, where I live then. Yeah. And that's still there too. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. What a tiny world we live in. <laughs> it is. And it's a it pleasure. It really is. It's a pleasure to meet you, Buffy, and thank you for doing thank the work you, you so do. Thank you so much for keeping me entertained every Saturday. Oh, well, thank you for hanging out with us. And hold on for a couple of seconds, and uh, Julian will get some information from yep. you off the air. We have to uh, wrap up, and we have to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. To a whole lot of people. We have been broadcasting from the WKGC FM studios high atop the Charles Hilton Center for Advanced Technology and Hospitality Management at Gulf Coast State College in Panama City, Florida. And we thank them for opening up this studio for us to broadcast. We have to thank uh, Caleb Jordan and Tom Hoots. Right. And uh, Becca Stark, who has been uh, nice enough to hang out with us for the past couple weeks. And uh, Erica Goins. Erica Goins. And uh, if all goes well, we will be back down here around the uh, last week in January. That's right. Uh, we want to thank our crew back at uh, WGN Radio. That would be your Bob Facuda. And we had Brett with us tonight. And uh, Gabe is in the newsroom. And Ron Brown was there. And Julian, of course. See, he redeemed himself. So... He gets to come back next week. Yeah. I know he's tickled. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) And we will be uh, broadcasting from downtown Chicago (gasps) next week. Yes. Just just in time for the... uh, In a couple of weeks, they're going to start doing fireworks, and we can see them once again from our vantage point. It's going to be Navy Pure holiday fireworks. Yes, yes, for the winter months. I love it. And we've got the best seat in the house on the 18th floor. Well, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us. 
And uh, we will theoretically, if all works out well and we catch the uh, the right planes, we'll yeah. be back in Chicago next week. And we have a full show next week. We do. In fact, for those of you who go, oh, you're going to be preempted. Uh-uh, full show. So be here or we'll talk about you if you're not. <laughs> News is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.